that time again it's time like for the new the, the new utah podcast we actually could i do was would have to turn it down but um it's uh, it's a new utah podcast folks if you are listening to this and your ear holes uh thank you um share it just just stop right where you're at just go hit that share, share button it. don't listen to it oh anymore. holy fucking balls wow that was loud uh, our guest mike was turned a little bit high because she was as a uh, former radio person, she's uh, not up on the mic. <laughs> she got excited. That's what happens when you It wasn't excitement from Brady. No, it it was, just, I, I think that it's just because it's so directional. But anyway. I had uh, to turn, no, I had to turn ooh, it up for the guest. I know. So anyway. Did I switch uh, over to the guest? So yeah, mic? please just stop what you're doing. Push pause. It's a podcast. You can do that. I don't even know if you need to push pause to share it. And just uh, just go share it while you're listening. Yeah, we won't say anything important for the next two minutes. So yeah. go ahead and no, share it. In like 15. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Here, what we'll do is this. Just a little bit of hold music. Yeah, go share it. Go sh- go share our uh, go share the podcast. Because <laughs> you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Chickety check yourself. And now a musical interlude. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm your host Chris. Uh, we don't we only introduce ourselves like once every month and a half. Um, I am uh, I live in Utah. I like Utah. I own a business here. I I do things. Um, <laughs> to my left is Jeremy. I live in Utah as well, and I do stuff. Yeah, he owns a business as well. Yep. He writes architectural slam poetry. You got uh, it. And he architects for people. I got married. Somebody like that tweet today. What? What tweet? Architectural slam poetry. Well, it's true. It's what it is. It's if you honestly, okay. So for reals, Jeremy has not written a book <laughs> on architectural slam poetry. But I really am trying to get him to do it. That's why I keep saying he is. I do have three published poetry books, though. Yeah. One is on architecture. It's weird. It's trippy. Across from from Jeremy is uh, my lovely fake wife, Bree. It's not real. The wife (laughs) thing's not real. We're not even engaged. We just live in sin. But we tell everyone we're married. That's not true. Now they all they all know we're not, but we refer to each other as husband and wife all the time. Mm-hmm. We own a house together, mm-hmm. so that's that's uh, just keeping Utah weird. That's worse than marriage. Let's be honest. Owning it's a house together worse than marriage. Harder to get out of. I don't know, um, but that's Bree, uh, the one that yells into the mic. I didn't mean to. The <laughs> mic was really loud. It was so loud. And the thing is, is because I edit all this stuff and I fix it all, no one's going to actually know what we were talking about. And we're like, oh, God, that was so loud. No one will even know. You should I just let it. it be loud. No, nah, because it fucking, <laughs> that hurt. That hurt the ear drums there. That hurt there. my ear. That, that hurt my loud. ears. You'll be blowing speakers with that. We can't, yeah, can't pull that. Gotta, <laughs> computer speakers. So that's kind of what I do is editing. Um, and then there's Jennifer, our lovely producer. <laughs> It's not going away. 
Or if you were with us the first, like, 98 episodes, it's, it's Jessica. Jess. <laughs> Jessica. Jess, the mistress of events. Um, oh, we haven't called her that in a while. No, because she does so much more than that. She doesn't just read events off. That's she true. does do that. Uh, but she also gets people like our awesome guest today, the uh, uh, Allison. Uh, Allison, Allison downtown. downtown. Yeah, Allison downtown. Uh, Allison Enerson. Um, which is, you know, uh, Icelandic. Icelandic. Oh, hey, look at how many. Ich bin ein no. Auslander. Jess oh, is storing dollars in her podcast <laughs> notebook for some reason. I know. It's what we call stripper cash. <laughs> Singles. Um, so anyway, that's the podcast. And uh, the mistress of events. It's episode 102. 102 coming at you. Uh, two more episodes until our uh, 104th. That should be a good show. Should be fun. Um... It's apparently more important than 100, according to some people. Only the important people. Yeah, well, definitely true. Because um, we get cake for 104. Technically, Hopefully. we get cake. <laughs> technically, we get cake for 105. <laughs> yeah. If, if Jess makes the cake. Or you could just make those weird cookies that everyone seems to love that I've what, never had. What weird cookies? The yeah. cake cookies that she makes her Oreos. Oh, my homemade Oreos? Like, she's like, she posts on Facebook, I'm making homemade Oreos, and fucking 600 people are messaging, I want some, I want some, I, I did want ship, some. I did ship quite a few. Did you send some to Peter? No, that was that was pre-Peter. Pre-Peter. Yeah. Plus, can you ship food across seas when it's not pre-packaged? Sure. It's what not agriculture. <laughs> Another yeah. musical it's not, it's not agriculture, so... They're making a second heard, movie. Did you hear actually that? I heard that song on the radio this morning. Yeah, because they're making... They announced they're going to make another movie. Guess what else they're making another movie of? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It's going to be so rad. So which one? Because there's always... The Are they going to get new people to play Bill no, and Ted? No, they're in. And there's the bogus adventure. So wait, so I Bill and Ted... One. So Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is going to be like... Two fifty plus year old dudes doing what? Like, how does that float with Keanu the same actors? Still in his forties. It's gonna, dude. In no, the first one, they travel yes, through time. Is. They can do anything. The only thing that's missing is going to be George there Carlin. No way. That I don't have 40. my Goo Goo Box down here. I'm getting my. <laughs> I was forty. Somewhere. As I said, he's still in his forties. Who? Keanu Reeves. He's only a few years older than you. I think so. And you. <laughs> He's 53 years oh, old, I motherfuckers. Was, I thought he was just a little bit older than He me. was in Point Break when you were in high school. Point Break? Yeah, whatever. You were in Point Break when you were in high school. Johnny Depp's 54, Fuck, so is Brad Pitt. Point Break's older than that. Hold on, Point Break. That's like an 80s probably movie. Like, no, it? it was early 90s. Probably like Tom 94. Tom Cruise is 55. Yeah, he is. Really? There was that. that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you. Sorry, I went down. I told you we wouldn't say anything important while you went and shared oh, this. 91. I said 91 early 90s. for Point Break, yeah. and then he was an adult when he did that film with Patrick Swayze. Yeah, he's the Swayzeest. Such a great movie, and and the fact that it's referenced in Hot Fuzz is even better. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. I love that movie, uh, both of them. Uh, didn't they redo Point Break? Didn't they? Yes, like, like two years ago. The f- I didn't see it. How the fuck did they do that? Um, why are they making another Pet Cemetery? Clearly, Stephen King has more books than just it and Pet Cemetery. Yeah, has like what, seven hundred. What I'd like to see I'm, is them remake Misery, but do it closer to the book where she does shit like cut off his fucking feet instead of just hobbling. That movie is painful. Oh my god, that book is creepy <sighs> as fuck. Where she it makes me cringe. They should, do the, me cringe. they should do the pre... Um, gosh, what is the one near the Red Rum book? Uh, you know... 
The one that, uh, 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 fuck, what's the name of it? Red Rum, Red Rum. Crazy guy. You know, the one that Jack Nicholson plays the guy. I know. The Shining. Yeah, yeah, The Shining. The Shining. They should make... The so they, He wrote a book called <laughs> Fucking Doctor Stephen S- King hates that movie, too. He wrote a book called Doctor Sleep, and it's uh, a story about after that, and it's awesome. And they should make the movie out of... How about the family guy where they're interviewing him? <laughs> And they're like, what's your next book, Stephen King? He's like sitting there. He looks around. He's like, it's the lamp. The lamp does it. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they do a constant back and forth with him. And uh, who's the Goosebumps guy? R.L. Stein. Oh, yeah, yeah. With those two, back and forth with those two. Also, I got to say, uh, there's Stephen King is like the king of shitty made-for-TV movies. Like, oh, yeah. He's not the king of them, but his book's getting fucked over by them. Like, he had that he had whole episode in the 90s. Yeah. That was such a bad show. <laughs> Fucking The Stand in a four-part miniseries. Oh my gosh, that book also is so good. good, and that movie that is movie so, was bad. so bad. Oh man. So anyway, uh, enough about things that have nothing to do with Utah. I know you're confused now. If I this read is the those first time books listening, in Utah. <laughs> but remember how Jess said you're probably not really going to get anything good for the first 10, 15 minutes. We're only nine minutes into that, so, so hold tight, folks. So five or six more minutes. It'll get better. Okay, so I planted my my shit uh, yesterday. Yesterday, I had a little bit plants. of a... By shit, he means plants. I, I had a little bit of a rough day yesterday. I came home. I was, like, stressed the fuck out for some reason. I'm like, I'm going to go plant my plants. I'm going to go put them in the garden in the ground. So I dug some you holes. Should've, and, you should have went and borrowed that guy's little teeny tiny shovel. <laughs> we were... Where the fuck were we? That we, home, we home were at home both. It was like some dude just dragging a shovel behind him through the store. But it's a little store. teeny tiny but head it's like, shovel. It's a, it's a long shovel, like a full-length shovel. The handle shovel, is the... But the head of the shovel is like a quarter a of the side, uh, size of a regular shovel for some reason. <laughs> and he was just dragging it the <laughs> All through the fucking store. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I so did we that. saw him in the store, and then we were backing out of the parking lot, and he was in the parking lot. Dragging the shovel. Dragging the shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Not like carrying it, like it was dragging on the ground. It was weird. Um, so anyway, I planted my plants. Um, they, A couple of them look like they're going to die. So, And they didn't look good before I planted them, so I'm hoping they'll bounce back now. Maybe, that the, maybe they needed to be in the ground. But... Uh, Jeremy, you got your bees. Bees. Bees came last last weekend. So, yep, got the bees in Saturday morning. And then Saturday night, my second had her 17th birthday in half the high school in our backyard. And nothing happened. But I was so paranoid that somebody'd go messing with the beehive. But nobody did. No casualties. Everything's good. And then I, I went like out there. I think that they're not that dumb. Yeah. Thank goodness. So then I went out there this morning just to make sure the queen had. Uh, gotten out of her cell and she had and I actually saw her she's doing her thing so so far she's pooping out babies like a champ probably not quite yet but I would say within the week I want a picture of the first baby <laughs> can you can you that pinpoint that I want a newborn picture too what the ugly ones where they're all still covered in blood and wrinkly before they clean them up their skin's still all I'm, fucking I'm pretty sure that's that, not that would be larvae they look their larvae yeah they just me. look like maggots yeah kinda they're much smaller so I would babies. think aren't they they're, they're tiny tiny yeah. like, like a little piece of rice can we harvest the honey yet <laughs> <laughs> a few more days <laughs> so yes bees are in so far so good uh, we took a trip to Cedar uh, on Saturday that consumed most of our weekend. Um, this is the best story of all of it. So 
we find out Friday evening. But um, well, last week you were sure you were you were thinking maybe yeah we might not have to go right because we're gonna get the storage unit for and uh, so so Friday I'm like what time do you want us to be there this is at like seven or eight o'clock at night and she's like well early because they have to be out by noon all this time talking to her about coming down and helping her move out not once did she mention she had to be out by noon on Saturday so we're like fuck so we get up at like three thirty in the morning to drive down there so we're there by like eight Uh, get down there. She's hung over because, <laughs> you know, it was a, like finals are over. They had graduation Friday night. Some of her friends were graduating. And it's college. It's what you fucking do. You go get drunk and, and celebrate a semester where the last three weeks you lived in the library. And, uh, like, but I have no sympathy. I got up early to come down there and help her. <laughs> it was better than, than last year by, like, leaps and bounds. She had tried to start packing. Uh, there's meat passing in front of me across the table. <laughs> uh, but she, so so we get down there and she's just she's miserable you can tell she's, she's throwing just, up she's throwing up in the bathroom we're having to hear her yak as we're trying to pack her shit up <laughs> but I'm like fuck this I'm like we're on a timetable I'm like we're we're gonna go put a whole bunch of shit in the storage unit you can help her pack a little bit but 11 o'clock's done we pack the storage unit I'm like okay we're done she's like I'm gonna pay the late fee and just move out later so I can help clean common areas and stuff I'm like fine we're out though you can fucking do that yourself <laughs> not so we left her asleep save you a... from your favorite restaurant oh, yeah God. we left her asleep. I did send them a message you guys go to the taco place no. yet <laughs> we left her asleep on a bare mattress with a blanket over her yeah but and then we're like well how much is the how much is the move out late fee she goes ten dollars motherfucker I'd have paid that I'd have fucking paid that to not get up so damn early <laughs> so cause it fucked our whole weekend cause then you know we got back and we're exhausted cause but then we got we back, back and we're like we need a nap yeah it's like we've been up for twelve and a half hours at that point and it's only like three and we're like fuck alright well let's take a nap the hard part that about that is then your Saturday is just shot yeah it's totally oh, it was shot. totally shot so we got some stuff done on Sunday but well I got the oh and then shower. I got the shower she still. didn't come home oh, yeah she didn't even <laughs> she come didn't home until leave like Cedar. yeah she hadn't left Cedar until like 10 30 11 o'clock at night and we were like we're tired we're going to bed <laughs> what did you do this weekend Jess make some cakes uh, <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. Yeah, it's so long ago. I don't remember. Two days ago, literally two days. Uh, I went to a drag show and celebrated Harriet's birthday. Hey, Harriet! We drove around like the Sugar House area and looked at cool houses, and went to Hatch Family Chocolates. And oh, what are they doing their movies? And, Those are coming up, aren't they? Um, not till June. They're I don't not, think they're not doing them anymore. Yeah. July. Yeah, I know you say not till June, but that's only three um, weeks away. June's in three June weeks. or July. I, they haven't announced it so yet. They close. did a poll like a week ago of the movies that people want to watch, but Saw. Yeah, Saw's a good one. Yeah, good since, they're, since they're showing <laughs> sure. them, do they have to have like special like? Yeah, you get a license from the motion picture or something. We have one at my work. Hostel. So, so yeah, yeah, Hostel. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think what else I did this weekend. <laughs> uh, <sighs> Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Oh, I went to Ogden. I went to Talisman. Oh, there you go. <laughs> went to Talisman. Did yeah, we got a, a new. We I got did. a new sticker. Did you on drink her. the beer? I got no. We got Why the fuck did you get it? We got a new sticker on our suitcase. Custody with Okay. What'd you do with the beer that you bought? It's in my fridge. For what? Bacon. For a cake. Oh, my God. For the podcast. For crying out okay, loud. Okay, that's all right. You ruined that, it. Did you get that chocolate beer? The yeah. Chocolate milk? Actually, I did. 
That sounds good. I want to drink some oatmeal stout. Chocolate oatmeal stout. Yeah, I did actually. I want a Mississippi mud black and tan now. I went to my mom's house because they're working on their house. They're still doing wiring. So, by the way, if you want to get a hold of Jess to make a cake, she's still taking orders from me. No, she is not. Stop selling her. She posts on Facebook. I'm not doing any cakes in May. This is the only one I'm doing. And then, like, we talk to her on Sunday and ask her, and she's like. Yeah, I'm all booked up for me. <laughs> like, I said you weren't going to do any cakes. I've already done two, and it's only the eighth. Oh, Jess. That's awesome. I saw, the, I saw the Jason mask and the knife. Another one. Yep, that one's You're in high Friday. demand. That's awesome. That's like that that horror, that, four, that four-sided horror cake is just, you're getting some mileage out of that shit. Yeah. You've done like 16 Did you guys see her Star Wars one? That was 30. pretty cool, too, with Han Solo the and The Chewbacca Chewy. side was my favorite. It really looked Chewbacca-y. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sunday. Sunday we, we went to time and place. Yeah, we did. We did. You guys will hear that later garden. at a different time. You guys will hear that in a different place. The, you guys will hear that in place of my daughter's uh, baccalaureate math. You just fucking ruined it all. It was yeah. a surprise. Between the two of you, you guys just ruined it. Uh-huh. I didn't ruin anything. You no. said you guys will hear that, or we just re- never mind. How was that ruining? I didn't say it. Don't worry. Can we do events instead of ruining <laughs> future podcasts for people and making them realize that we don't record live? Well, we have. Well, we always record live. Every time we record, it's <laughs> That's live. True. That is true. That is true. <laughs> you can it edit is, it out. But it, is, it is nice. Okay, they so this is. never listen to it live. It's really rude. This is, a, this is a comment that I'll make, and we talked a little bit about this, but I think it's really cool. We talk to a lot of guests, and they're like, okay, well, when are you guys going to put this up? And when we tell them. They're shocked. Tomorrow, they like shit their pants in front of us. Because <laughs> they're gross, so. Well, awesome. they're, they're so used to when they do a podcast, it Next taking. Month. Yeah, it takes three weeks, to four month, weeks yeah. or more for them to produce it and everything else. I'd like to think think that we do an okay job production wise i try to listen to them every once in a while after i'm done editing i really hate it because it's like the third time i've listened to it but um i try to give it a few days so i'm you know a little fresh with it but uh, i like to think it's I'd... neat to see their reaction uh, that that it's coming out so quickly yeah and we don't that's another thing too we don't edit i know we do long form interviews but we don't really edit them too much uh, occasionally, Jess will will uh, do exactly what a guest says not to, and we will dub over something. We should start doing see. that more often. So you can I think do that. I think it's, it's funnier. Funny. It I think funny. it's funnier than hell. Well, <laughs> and there's there are times where we'll edit some things out, but it's very rare. It's mostly just pretty free form talking with someone, um, less an interview and and more discussion about homeless people. So and heroin. that was today: drugs and homeless people and food. Uh, all tied together. Uh, so anyway, that's enough about uh, enough about us and and our boring lives. Um, don't worry, the summer's coming fast, and there will be lots of farm talk to be had. Oh, yes. I know you guys miss it. So, uh, Jess, are there events that people might go to? Yes, because this weekend is Mother's Day, and there is so, if you miss some of the people that are at the farmers market on at Jefferson Street down by Jade Market. Um, there's a building that's just to the east of it that they will be doing a market. So you'll have people like Oleo, Salsa del Diablo, the Roclette, the Don't fucking cheese. do something for your mother on Mother's Day. <laughs> well, this is the day before Mother's Day. So you can go buy her pastries or, you know, so take her there. Uh, yeah, or you can take her there. So that's on the 12th. That's uh, from 9 to 
three on nine twenty five Je- Jefferson Street. Uh, also, this weekend is rugby. Uh, we mentioned that they've moved from Real over to the new stadium at the uh, Zion Real Academy, which is in, in Harriman. Harriman, off the corridor. It's a really cool stadium. Um, food trucks are back at Peterson Farms on Fridays, so if you're out and about and you would like to stop by, uh, tell Farmer Luke said hi. I mentioned this. If you, go, like, if you go just says hi, he will have no fucking you idea should what say you're talking Jennifer. about. Jennifer's <laughs> from Disney, Utah says hi. And like, oh, is he yeah. the one that called you Jennifer? Yep. He is. Oh, that's perfect. Nice. I didn't even remember that. Oh, so. I did. Um, so I'm mentioning it a little bit ahead of time, but uh, and I should probably have checked to see if it's sold out. But thanks, John. The uh, beard, beard and <laughs> bottles true. with Olio and Dave's Barber Shop and Draper and Shades of Pale. It will be at Shades of Pale on the 17th, 7 p.m. It's 25 bucks, and it's just you know grooming advice for gentlemanly beards and. They'll have beard oil sample. They'll have a, a comb for you. I need to go get some more oil from Olio. Cassie, Cassie like has dying. like a bunch of empty containers upstairs of all the different products. Every day, since she's come home, she's like, Mom, I need my, this and I need a big jar of this. My big bottle this. that we got is like down to the very last little bit. What you need to do is say, Cassie, here's the address. You don't fucking do I everything told her, but, she, but I told her, but she's... Yeah, it's easy. You go, Cassie, you just sit at home all day right now. You don't have a job yet. Go ahead and go up there. Well, I'm thinking that maybe we should make the first part of Saturday a... Uh, nope. <laughs> Denied. The second part of Saturday? Nope. I'm going up there during the week, and you guys can go on your own. <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, so that's this weekend. Next weekend, the first Sugarhood Flea Market is Sugarhood. at uh, American Rest Company, which if you've never been there... It's such an awesome building. It's like a mini version of Treasures, like a very mini version. But they set up in like the parking treasures lot. Treasures in Vegas. Yeah, you know? Treasures the strip club. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, my the antique mall that I go to all the time down in Springville. <laughs> a mini version with Amateur Night. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so it's on Twenty First South baby. and Eight Twenty Five East, and they just set up a bunch of uh, vendors, kind of like they do for the Urban Flea Market in their parking lot. And it's super fun. Also, this coming up weekend is the Living Traditions Festival down at City Hall, which is the one where they have countries from all over the world. You can eat food. You can there's art. Uh, you can watch dancing. And then I found this super rad event for you, Chris. It is called Day of Reckoning, and it is. <laughs> and it is. I just wanted to read it like that. It's put on by Wasatch Forge. Uh, Day of Reckoning. <laughs> and it's at 3345 South, 300 West. And it's actually over four, three days, four days, 17th through the 20th. It's 56 hours. It's $400. But listen to what you get, okay? <laughs> this is pretty much amazing. So it's a poke, post-apocalyptic blacksmithing. <laughs> Sweet. Fuck yeah. We talked to our guest about <laughs> how, is, how people right now are so interested in learning how to grow their own food and cans so, for that reason. So you learn how to build a forge, uh, weapons, armor, you learn survival tactics, first aid, and then you have a destructive weapon and armor test. No. So two teams will go up against each other to see whose uh, stuff will survive with is minimal equipment. Is there a hotel equipment. room included in that? I don't know. Is it a fight to the death? 
I don't. It what might be this? like Mad Max style. I don't know. Babe, this might be something we can have your mom do to <laughs> take up some time as a social activity. <laughs> From the seventeenth is the twentieth. Yeah, it'd just be good social activity. Just get it out of the house. How cool is that? That that's Should happening in our new city. and exciting people. I think it's fun. <laughs> you have you no take, words. She do can take you? my mom. I think it would be fun as hell if I could figure out how to get those days and just do it. Right? Day of reckoning. It's like forged in fire. It's three days of reckoning. It's like forged in fire. 17, 18, 19, 20th. Four days. Is it like continuous? Like you stay there? Yeah, it's totally continuous. That's what I just asked. Yeah, you actually, the first day you learn how to build a forge and you learn how to pitch a tent and that's where you (laughs) sleep. No, they do talk about that. Shelter. You gonna, it, I don't, on Third West and Thirtieth yeah, South. I, mean, I don't know. Sh- in a parking lot. Sh- did you say Thirtieth South? Yeah, thirty-three forty-five South, three hundred. Oh, so that's the old. Uh, that's that's like where um, Rocky Point Haunted House used to be in that area. There's a Harbor Freight and a strip club over there. That's where show, Southern Exposure is at now. Oh, is it? In that area, it's on State Street, but I mean State Street's a couple blocks away. So you go learn how to build a forge, and then you look at titties. <laughs> Manly things for four days. Yeah, day of reckoning. <laughs> okay, I'm done. With I'm gonna need a lot of singles. <laughs> Bray looks like she has a. That's a cool in. event, though, huh? I'm, cool. I'm gonna need your stripper cash. Post, babe. post a pop. I know it's dick. still I have up a dollar. There. I have a dollar in my book here. So I still when don't I first remember where that came. From. When I first met Bree. Um, after I had had moved in, I'm going through and cleaning stuff out. Cause, You're probably looking for something for me. Yeah, and uh, I've come across this envelope that is just, it wasn't even an envelope. It was a stack of ones. It was, yeah, it was. And I'm band. talking like $100 or so in what singles. Was that $100? Was like, uh, no, it was. Look, oh, maybe it you was. Guys on, you guys on the air can't see this, but yeah, it was like that it stack with was, rubber bands of ones. Easily a hundred dollars in But I don't remember where it came from. So I said it's from stripping. Like she had a night job. Uh, my roommate used to do that to me all the time at the grocery store when we would go because I was a waitress forever, yeah. and I was paid one. And she'd be like, "It was a good night last night." You huh? know what? Like, you know yeah. what I do to Bree in the grocery store? I say stuff like, "Don't make me hit you." <laughs> I think we had this conversation before. So who was it? Was it John, John that was texting us, and he's like. I get so because we were we were commiserating on the fucking shitty RSL loss on Sunday, and he's like, "It's just frustrating." He's like, and then I get all upset when we lose, and I have to beat Jody, and she just cries. Jody and the children. <laughs> and then I, I don't say anything for a while, and I'm like, then I laugh. He's like, "Oh, good. I thought maybe my uh, domestic violence humor was and over I said, the top." No, Chris always threatens to beat me in public. <laughs> <laughs> but domestic violence is no joke. Don't oh, and it, so speaking, like all of a sudden you got like kind of saddish. Um, so Stephen, my my friend at work, um, the Misty K Snow lover, you know him and his cousin that stopped by Harmon's just to see Misty K Snow. Um, there was there's a, a transgendered um, girl in his church community, and their whole family had stopped going to LDS church and started going to his church and i can't even remember what it is um but she took her life yesterday at the school um and so i told him that i would mention it again because there is that outbreak that they've been talking about a little bit in harriman um and and there was also a suicide yesterday at brighton maybe that was the one maybe because it was yesterday and it was at at the school was it a girl i think so yeah this was a girl um you know we 
we've mentioned it before, but there are suicide hotlines. Um, the legislature this last year passed a bunch of bills and stuff to make resources a little bit more um, available for people. So please, please, please uh, call somebody, uh, call us, message us, whatever, um, whatever it takes. But um, please, that's, that's the that's the it. that's so, it. There's no coming back from it. So go go download the Safe Utah app on your phone. Uh, there you that's go. a good step. Just have it there. You don't have to use it. It's a, it's a good resource if you do. Um, but we'll just talk about bills since since you you bring that up. So one of the things that that they did do. Uh, so we'll talk about this now. So today, Tuesday. So yesterday, when you're listening to this in your ear holes, uh, a whole bunch of stuff has has gone into effect. Basically, so there's a whole bunch of legislation that that went into effect. So one of the big things was the, the funding um, for the suicide prevention resources um, and basically allowing the staffing of suicide prevention hotlines 24-7. Um, that was a, a really crazy thing that, that didn't exist uh, before. And so that was that's a big, that's a big deal. A um, bunch of other stuff. So if you, if you want a comprehensive list, you can go out and find them. Um, we'll talk about some some highlights. So in my world, fireworks. By the way, I'm going to talk about that one first. I'm so excited about this one. <sighs> I can't fucking wait. So fireworks laws have been changed dramatically. Um, so you can only light fireworks off two days before and one day after the fourth and the twenty fourth. So that is cutting the number of allowed days to eight instead of fucking six hundred. Um, <laughs> and the, I don't think that's possible. The fine for for lighting off fireworks in a restricted area. By the way, my neighborhood is a restricted area most years. $1,000 now. Uh, so don't fucking do it. How are they going to enforce that, um, do you think? So basically the way they do it. So in a metro area, they probably really won't too much. But like, it, if you It's go usually out, not in metro Because think about areas. how quickly you can set off fireworks. So, the, well, so basically what happens is is they, they can identify people coming and going out of areas. If they see fireworks going off in areas they're not supposed to, um, it's it's tough to police because there's so much shit going on. But Honestly, they will go out and Honestly, it's usually people it. reporting because they are they know that their area down and stuff like that. Yeah, they know that their area is restricted and they know that it, what the people are doing is dangerous, and so they report them. And some of these are weird. Like some of the stuff that's happening, like personal delivery robots are now allowed to travel along sidewalks and cross streets. However, drone deliveries to inmates will be banned. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a good which thing. is kind of crazy. That hopefully they inmates that aren't able to make an order to be. Uh, well, no, even people delivering stuff oh, via gotcha. drone to because that was the issue is they were getting things flown over the prison and dropped into the yard for prisoners to pick up via drones. Shanks. Probably, shivs? probably shivs. drugs, because shanks and shivs, Jeremy, are made in the prison. <laughs> well, they would just send them a fucking knife. So they would have just given them a knife. Here's a knife. Don't bother <laughs> carving up the fucking toothbrush. No, mostly drugs more than anything. Cell phones, things like that, that aren't allowed inside the prison. Um, but uh, I think that's just in preparation for the Amazon stuff that's going on. So I don't know if you guys order a lot of Amazon stuff like I do, but 
We have a big order coming tomorrow. Uh, uh, I've never had one anything delivered by a drone, have you? Uh, no, but that hap- it's happening in other jurisdictions, and it will happen here as we have distribution centers close by. I had random Amazon delivery service. They have their own delivery services. Yeah, they have their own. And I've, I've had them do that. It's really kind of weird. I think they're trying to steal shit off my porch. Because yeah, they show up in that white van. Yeah, just like in a nothing fucking on nondescript minivan, and you're yeah. like, what the hell? <laughs> and they just like, they're, they're walking with a package, and you're like, did you just fucking steal something off my porch asshole <laughs> and they're just bringing you stuff. oh here's one that has to do with today homemade food for sale at farmers markets and other locations this is actually huge maybe exempted from some state or local regulations yeah basically basically all the crazy like food handler shit you have to do when you make commercial stuff so uh, a group like bubble and brown that only sells at farmers markets they don't have a truck they don't necessarily have a brick and mortar um a lot of times they don't have a commercial kitchen that they're producing out of. They're producing out of someone's home. Um, and so there's, there's regulations that are in place there. Uh, they kind of loosen those up and allow you to do some of that without, uh, as long as you tell people, right? So, mm-hmm. um, let's see what else. Um, so a bunch of money went to the winter sports venue grant fund. Uh, basically trying to prep us for another Winter Olympics bid is what that is, upgrading a lot of facilities. Um, The fucking UTA gets a new name and a new board, and they change the name now, so instead of the Utah Transit Authority, it's the Transit District of Utah. Fucking dumb. I think that this is terrible that we had to make a law for this, but Breastfeeding Protection Act so that moms can feed their babies. Yeah, it just made it extremely clear in the law. Like, it was there before, but not clear enough for for dickheads, basically. So, sex education will now teach about the harmful effects of pornography. Well, and did you see that in order for any doctor to talk about abortions, they have to fucking talk about uh, alternatives... Uh, the dangers of abortion, the birth defects that can be caused for abortions that don't take, and adoptions. And how of, often does that actually happen? A lot more when you make it difficult to have a real abortion. Coat hangers start becoming a thing, and I'm not kidding. Coat hanger. I joke about coat hanger abortions sometimes. That's why they happen. But don't worry, guys, because the state job of porn czar has been eliminated. Well, it was under. It was defunded like years ago. So. It doesn't matter. But that's kind of funny. We don't have a porn czar, even though it's a public health crisis. Um, oh, also uh, important to note in the world of women's health, uh, birth control can now be gotten without a prescription from a pharmacist. Uh, and they, we talked about this before, but they did make a lot of resources available for uh, under-income people to get IUDs. Well, you know, there's really important ones too, like the penalty for holding a raccoon or coyote in captivity will be re- <laughs> reduced from a class B misdemeanor to just an infraction. So. It's important. We're getting you know? a new state dinosaur. Who named this? The Utah Raptor. Someone cool. <laughs> no. Um, so they should have named it something cooler. I, I think it should be the Utah Raptor, not a Utah Raptor. <laughs> so, in an effort to help with clean air, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But Utah is applying. If you apply for a renewed driver's license, you're now going to get a pamphlet on ways to improve air quality. That's going to solve it. Because that's going to fucking do it, you jackass. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw that away. Um, yeah, just throw it on the ground. <laughs> throw it on the ground. We're behind some jackass fucking, like, slyly throwing stuff out of his car. It turns out it was sunflower seeds, but... The shells. Uh, <laughs> it looked it like, like he was just throwing, like, hanging out his arm out and then kind of dropping garbage on the ground. Oh, that's gross. Fucking visible boogers coming off his fingers. That thing's got a big sinus cavity based on how many boogers he was flicking out of there. 
Uh, they did a whole bunch of stuff for what happened with Gary Ott, being able to remove people from county office, things like that, uh, who can be considered uh, to run things in their stead, that sort of thing. Opiate prescriptions will now have a warning label. Uh, yeah. Well, not just a warning label, but you get, like, fucking counseling on when you get an opioid prescription, you get a pamphlet and counseling on uh, the dangers of addiction, other pain relief possibilities. Uh, medical marijuana try and grow laws have been established. Um, the state's going to have full control over all the dispensaries and growing operations. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, the blood draw warrants are now law. Um, oh, yeah. After that fiasco. Assisted suicide is stupid a felony. Fucking ass wipes. Um <laughs> You should be allowed to fucking kill yourself. That's all I'm saying. Bolt locks. Schools, schools are now permitted to install bolt locks on classroom doors for lockdowns. Yep. Because yeah, that'll which be has helpful. been permitted by fire codes. It actually is it really helpful. Be. Putting a bolt on a door prevents uh, the gunman from obtaining access to the room and shooting it up. Yeah, but it doesn't prevent them from shooting the door. No, but if you can't get into a room to kill a bunch of people and you have to of course, shoot I guess you move on. I guess several on. of those people that have died in in all of the We're millions die, of shootings dying holding the door yeah, shut. Yeah, yeah, good point. So, I mean, it's it's a big step the fact that they can put those on there. Now, the reason they weren't allowed on there is for fire safety. So, you know, hopefully teachers don't abuse that shit. Remember when we talked about the alkaline, basically cremation, but that passed. So uh, alkaline hydrolysis, which is a new green method of disposing human remains, um, is now okay. If you want another, like, green way to be disposed of. Take that big acid bath in the sky. (laughs) Wow. So anyway, just... What the fuck's going on over there? Bree's making a mess. She's knocking everything off the table. Was that the cat? It was the cat. So anyway, lots of new laws going into effect. Ripped my headphones right (laughs) off my ear. (laughs) Uh, But let's let's do talk real quick about the pollution stuff. So big news happened uh, happened this week. Uh, It was really the end of last week, I think. Um, so the EPA on two, last Tuesday, so a week ago, I don't think we talked about this because it had just happened. They formally declared portions of seven Utah counties to be in violation of national standards for ozone. Um, and so they've basically given us three years to figure shit out. So uh, Salt Lake, Davis, Weber, Tooele, Utah, Uinta, and Duchesne counties are all under notice from the EPA to get their shit together and figure out how to get rid of uh, ground-level ozone. Just and today, this is under Trump's administration. Just today, I was so. going on the East Belt route. So you're up just high enough that you can see the valley, and it's yep. just nasty. It's gross. It's just brown. So, But what's what's interesting, if you, if you read through some of this article and some of the other ones that are out there on it, um, the... They thought, like, cars have got to be a considerable part of it, right? Um, but as they start looking, it doesn't explain... Cars don't explain what's going on in, like, Uinta County, right? Um, and so they're pointing towards gas plants uh, as a big producer of ozone in, in those areas because there's just not a lot of cars in Uinta County in comparison, at least not enough that should be producing like the, that kind Like of the level. drilling and stuff? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that's important uh, to, to note, too, is Utah County, we didn't talk about it in the law, I don't think, but Utah County, if you live there, now your car has to pass emissions just like it does in Salt Lake County. That wasn't a I thought it was just diesel. 
it's diesel in any car over 7,000 or something pounds. Um, so basically big engines, uh, big engine cars, uh, which is important, which is really important. Um, sorry, I was just trying to read this piece here. It's a long article. Uh, yeah, I was just trying to find the thing on the, the Uena Basin stuff. Um, anyway, it's, uh, it's a pretty damning thing, but they've given us three years to fix it. Uh, and this was Scott Pruitt's EPA. This isn't old EPA stuff. This is, this is the new Trump administration, so you know we must be really fucking bad if, <laughs> if they're doing it. Um, so new laws, a bunch of stuff on new laws. Um, so Sandy uh, has banned the sale of dogs, cats, and rabbits in pet stores. How, how a fucking Louia, by the way, on this. And unanimous, too. Yeah. Unanimous vote. I know this sounds stupid, but who still buys a dog from the pet store? A lot of people. A lot of people. They just opened a new one in West Jordan. And they're opening a new one out in Saratoga Springs. The thing is, buying puppies from these places, you're supporting puppy mills because that's where they get these damn dogs. Um, and, And you're not doing any good. There are plenty of dogs in shelters that need homes. You can get dogs from private breeders. Um, but you don't need a fucking purebred dog. There are tons of dogs that need homes that are out there, even purebred dogs that need homes that are out there that you can get. Um, so good on you, Sandy. I really am happy to hear that that passed unanimously. I thought through the mic. It's already banned in uh, unincorporated areas, which is us. <clears throat> I mean, we are not. There's just so many pets animals. out there and animals out there. Like, obviously, all of the animals... Like all of our animals have, are I have. They've all been rescue animals. Yeah. I've never purchased a... I would never purchase a dog. I purchased... When we got Tuxy, we purchased him at the... One of those pet things at PetSmart. An the, adoption. Adoption. Yeah, you didn't really yeah. buy him. You got him in yep. an adoption. But, I mean, In fact, all the cats, if you go into, like, a PetSmart or a Petco and they have cats, they're all a cat's up for adoption. They're not selling cats. They're, they're cats that need homes. So... Uh, speaking of homes, uh, home prices on the rise still more, uh, more and more. There's another house for sale on our street. So the average median for a home in Utah, do you know what it is now, Jeremy? It scares me. $370,000 for a home now. That's your median price. Um, that's actually one of the things that was in the legislature as well. Uh, they passed a law... Um, on state uh, property tax, uh, they changed it this year, and then they froze it. Like five years? For five years. And part of why they did that is because home prices are just blowing up. Uh, and basically, you'll just get fucked on property taxes for the next five years if, if they kept going up with inflation. Because it's just, it's climbing absurdly fast. It's fucking crazy. It really worries me that we're going to crash again. I hope okay. not, but it worries me. So the median price, uh, I would lie, it was 340 The median price of Salt Lake County homes sold in the first quarter was $340,000, which is up 13.3% over last year. That's fucking crazy. Crazy. I need to figure out exactly when the market's going to crash again so that I can... You can get out of the house So I can this. sell the house and then like live with my mom for a couple months and then go buy a really cheap <laughs> giant house. Go buy a man on that. I don't know about living with your mom, but I'm in on that. 
<laughs> but Twila, did you see that Twila is at the highest of that? 254 homes sold. Yeah, they had a bunch of houses sold. Um, uh, their their median price, though, was 179000 So that's For part of why. Is that what that is? It's just condos? Yeah, that's condos. Never mind. Uh, but that's part of why is it is cheaper to live out in Tooele. Um, 254 homes sold. Jesus Christ. It's a lot of fucking homes. Biggest price increases by percentage. Orem was the biggest. 35.8%. Uh, Salt Lake, 31.3% to $440,000. Jesus. It makes you wonder where everybody's selling the houses, but where are they going? Because I know they can't build them fast enough. Are they just selling and moving to apartments? There's no apartments either. There's no housing anywhere. But That's why I said I'd have to go live with my mom. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Like, I don't know where people are going. I don't know where my neighbors are going to go. There's not any new houses. Well, let, you know, they sell their house for whatever, 270 Awesome, good for oh, them. it's close to three. What are they going to buy for the same? You're just trading straight across or down. Yeah, or, or yeah, you're paying, you're bidding, getting a bigger house maybe. Maybe that's what you want to do. But, I mean, sh- honestly, look, I know how much equity we've gotten on our house over the last year. It's fucking insane. If I thought I could go to a new place and keep my mortgage payment, I don't want a bigger mortgage payment, but if I could go to a new place, I've got a ridiculous amount of equity. I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, Mine's the same. But you, know, but you can't. You just, you don't, you'd actually trade down for the same dollar amount. Yeah, you'd trade down, and I don't want to do that, and I like my house, and I put way too much fucking work into it right now to leave. There's still a bathroom up there that's not done, too. <laughs> Um, but so this was a cool article that I think Jess you found this didn't you the the nonprofit group that's, yes, I did. Uh, so there's a, a nonprofit group that is building tiny homes for uh, ex cons basically uh, so this was reported by the Daily Herald uh, which is Provo's little paper um, but down in Utah County um, Pleasant Grove Linden Eagle Mountain areas um, they're building these houses this company called Fresh Start Homes uh, and they're gonna build them for ex-cons to live in um it's a good way to help them kind of rehabilitate um you know they're going to be 30 to seventy thousand dollars, which is fucking ridiculous for 400 square feet by the way can i tell you like it's stupid it's you know this big it's this room <laughs> so this room is like 10 by 13 that's uh 130 and some of these houses are the size of this room right 100 to 400 30 grand to live in this room Basically. But I guess if you took the whole value of your house, maybe. <clears throat> maybe. Maybe. But but is that price also paying for the land that it's being put on, too? I don't Typically, think so. no, because typically yeah. they, they're mobile. Typically, yeah. they're leasing space. Not like a full-on mobile home, but a lot of them they build no, on flatbeds. No, it's actually better than a mobile home because it's smaller and you can throw it on the back of a CRV. Like, just hook it up to a hitch. Yeah. they build, Some of them they build on flatbeds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, but really cool. I mean, it, it's something. It's it's it helps give housing to people that need it. Uh, so, pretty cool. Uh, also, speaking of homes and the homeless, uh, they broke ground on the Women's Resource Center uh, in Salt Lake City. The the one of the new homeless shelters. What's the address on this one? Did they say seven this is south. the seven south, seven south state? Um, so it's uh it's just east of State Street. It's by uh, the Bayou kind of a little, yeah. bit, little bit east of that. Um, so this is the one that was originally uh, up on... No, no, this isn't the one that was in Sugar Hood. This is a little bit different. 
Um, but that's really cool that they broke ground on that, and uh, it's a it's a big step to finally get one that's that's starting to try and draw some of that population away from the Rio Grande area. Uh, and to better service the the women, because uh, that's what this one's going to be. Two hundred beds, sixty thousand square feet, so nice size. Yeah, and the big thing with these centers is they're not just homeless shelters; they're resource centers. So they'll have, you know, jobs. They'll have, uh, you know, job placement programs. They'll have rehabilitation programs. They'll have services to help these people. Uh, get their life back together. Computers, because try to get a job without a computer these days. Yeah, and the, the road home has that stuff, but when you're talking, what, a thousand plus beds there? Uh, yeah. Uh, there's just not, there's not resources in that building when you have between a thousand and sixteen. All that is is there. a place to sleep. That's not really a resource. Yeah, center. and they offer resources, but it's just not the same, so... Uh, I mean, we don't have enough time to go through all these. Um I do want to talk about uh, teacher salaries because it's a, a, a subject that for some reason I like to champion. And it's Teacher Appreciation Day. Uh, is it really? Yeah. Teacher Appreciation, uh, teacher Week. Appreciation Week. So this is kind of becoming a bidding war in a way for teachers. So we talked a lot of last year uh, and coming into this year at the massive teacher change uh, that was going. How many places were understaffed, how much turnover there was, how many people left their jobs after a year. Uh, so Tooele School Board has reached a tentative agreement with the district's teachers to raise their salaries by five grand uh, for next year. Just flat across the board, five grand for everybody. Now, five grand seems like a lot of money, but when you're going from no, it when you're going from thirty-seven thousand to forty-two thousand, um, it's still not a lot. That's not much for a fucking so, someone that babysits so your goddamn kid all the time. One of the teachers at the school Heather works at, who also happens to be the father of one of my brother's best friends. Uh, so he's getting close to retirement age. Um, he's been a teacher for uh, 20 probably plus years. He works at Cabela's in the evenings and weekends and also and has for years to offset his salary. Cause he, because he doesn't make enough as a teacher. Because they just don't. Even 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 in places that pay their teachers well, they don't make that much money. And, and Utah... We know the worst per capita pupil spending in the nation, 50th out of 50, probably 52nd or 53rd, because when you include D.C. and Puerto Rico and Guam and the Philippines, <laughs> we're still worse than all those fucking So places. where the hell is all that DABC money going? Uh, not to teachers, not to education. <laughs> um, to be fair, they, they are starting to make some things easier on educators here. Like they passed one of the laws they passed was uh, uh, making it so if you have a teaching certification in another state and you come here as a military wife and want to be a teacher, uh, you can teach without recertifying in the state of Utah, which is a big deal. Um, so, But I was really happy to see that. Um, it's it's a step in the right direction. It's certainly not enough. But if you look on the news, there are strikes going on all over the country. Like the one in Arizona is pretty Arizona's, crazy right now. Yeah. They had the one in Michigan where the teachers were in the fucking Capitol building. Was it Michigan? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I don't know. It was one of those states. Um, so huge deal. Huge deal. I'm glad to see it happening. Um, it's it, We need to take care of teachers a little bit better. Uh, what are you? What are you looking the at? The lady on the cover of this oh, picture has a fucking great again shirt, yeah. stupid Trump shirt. Um, who was I talking to, Bree? I think you were there with me. We were talking about teacher salaries, and they said, "All right, well, let's go the route of a babysitter." We weren't talking to anybody. I was looking at Shannon Barnson's post. It was like a meme that they created, and they were like, "Okay, 
So $10 an hour times 30 kids times eight hours times, you know, all the weeks. And it's, it's more than, it's more than they make. So 10, 10 times 30 times eight. Let's just take that because that's babysitter wages, right? That's daycare wages, right? I don't know if daycare. Well, actually it's more, daycare is more expensive than even that. So that's, that's $2,400 a day, right? Five days a week they're doing it. Uh, and then what, like 36 weeks out of the year? Sure. They should be making $432,000 a year. <laughs> yeah, that's almost the number, so it must have been pretty close to that. So so you're telling me that when we pay them, what did I just say, 37000 right now? Mm -hmm. Woohoo! That's close, right? That's Take close. off a couple zeros. Yeah, 10%. Not even 10%. Even with the $5,000 raise, it's not 10% of that. Um, so, And I'm not saying teachers are babysitters, and they would hate to be called that, because that's not but what they But they were likening are. the fact that you were willing on a night out to pay somebody 10 bucks to watch your kid. For a couple of but hours. But someone who's going to watch your kid for literally 40 hours a week. But somebody who's going to be shaping their mind and their, their growth and teaching them, you're like, yeah, you're worth a couple bucks an hour, I guess. 50 cents an hour per kid. Oh, whatever. All right. Do we want to talk about any more? Do you guys have I just want to say that Skinny Fats is coming, and I'm super excited because that was a really good hamburger. Yeah, it was. It's a good little eatery. So there's a the Ferry Building Marketplace in San Francisco. What am I reading? God damn it. So the Gateway. I, I started reading the line on the article. but uh, So the Gateway, uh, we've talked about the Gateway a little bit. They have been transforming quite a bit. So Dave & Buster's is supposed to fucking be open. Are they not open yet? Does anyone know? Um, I'm not sure if they are or not yet. I'll have to look. It mentions uh, them in this article. Uh, so the Gateway, okay, so the Gateway was built, an outdoor open-air mall. Dave & Buster's, which will open later this month. Okay, so they're not open. They're behind schedule. Um, but anyway, so the Gateway, they built this nice open-air mall. It was this huge thing. Everyone was like, wow, an open-air mall, mixed environment with corporate offices and businesses and, and, and housing and high-rise housing and low-income housing all in the same area. It's going to be perfect. It's going to work great. And then the church built City Creek across the street, and the fucking mall died, like completely died. Within a couple of years of being around, City Creek went up, and all the shops left. They all went to City Creek. Uh, and there's just nothing. Because so, Jesus needs a shopping mall. That's true. Jesus likes to buy stuff. Hey, there is a Steve Madden store in City Creek, so you guys, all y'all can go fuck yourselves. Uh, I don't know what that is, Jess. You can't just show me a picture and expect me to know. Well, you could read the headline. Well, I'm Church is busy talking about something away else. from the Boy Scouts. Yeah, but that's not news. That's been around for a while. They, they said they were going to do that in a couple conferences ago. The what? Church is breaking church. Away from Boy Scouts. Oh, anyway, okay. back to my story on the gateway before we talk about Boy Scouts. I thought we were talking Dan about shoes. Panda. <laughs> we weren't talking. You were talking about shoes. Steve Madden's amazing. Uh, anyway, um, so they decided, let's be smart. Let's make it an entertainment district instead. And so they started letting their leases run out, not renewing them for a lot of shops. They brought in boutiques. They brought in eateries. So they're actually bringing in like eight to ten new eateries, a beer and wine bar. They're bringing in Skinny Fats, which is a, a Vegas burger joint that's really fucking great. We're going to be their first uh, franchise outside of Nevada. Uh, they're, they're bringing in... Have you guys in, been up there since they... We went to it just this last time when we went down to Vegas, and it, it was awesome. So I they think have he's like asking about the gateway. Oh, I have not been to the gateway. I was there last month. That's where they hold the urban flea market. Oh, that's right. So they're they're bringing in, like we said, the Dave and Buster's. They uh, didn't renew Dick's uh, sporting goods lease because um, that 
pharmaceutical companies moving into that mm-hmm. space. From the University of Utah's research park. So uh, it was like Recursion Pharmaceuticals, that's the name of it. Um, they're bringing in some pizza places. So just a lot of cool stuff trying to revitalize the area. They do a lot of events there, a lot of concerts in the, air, the area. The Urban Flea Market is once a month. Yeah, so they're doing a lot of a lot of good work there. Now, what was the thing about the Boy Scouts, Jess? Don't worry about it. We'll talk it's about it later. Late. It's too late. We have to talk about it now. Nope. You already brought it up, and every, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm just kidding. It's old we're, news, remember? We're out of time. Well, no, it is old news because they actually did that. Um, uh, they, they announced... When the Boy Scouts themselves announced that they were going to allow gay... The Mormon troops. Church really started distancing itself. And I don't know if you remember, but then the Mormon Church said two general conferences ago that they were going to be changing the way they deal with their young men, uh, and they were going to change those programs. Uh, and basically what that meant was we're done with scouting. Uh, we're going to do our own version of scouting, more or less. Um, and so... They've been moving towards that. Well, for a this while. is your official announcement. Okay. You just can't show me a picture. In the, I feel kind of bad for like boys that have been it. working toward their Eagle Scouts and they're they like. Can finish it? Well, I know, but it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the sponsored thing and they're going to have to go find a different place. And I feel bad for those kids that have been working for it. I don't. It's all dumb. It's all dumb anyway. You're dumb. That's <laughs> true. It's true. I don't want to poo on Boy Scouts, but. Who? That's what I said. I was trying to be nice. We're talking about kids here. With us today, we have uh, Allison uh, downtown, according to my sheet here. <laughs> it's Enerson. Yeah, Enerson. It's not even Einerson. No. You said Einerson. It's yes. Icelandic, not German. Yeah, that's the difference? Mm-hmm. Which is even cooler. We are wrong mm-hmm. straight across the board. But I like Allison that's downtown. That would be a cool name. But, you can call me But that. don't Germans say Wiener Schnitzel? Like Wieners? Like they do. Wiener. Wiener. But then... Enerson, that would be German. Enerson, my uh, great great grandfather was Enar Magnutson, who emigrated here from Iceland. That's amazing. Yeah, I've never met one with Icelandic was, heritage. That's amazing. Yeah. What about what about? So, but, the, but let me ask: When he first immigrated, did he have like thirty more consonants in his name? Yeah. <laughs> he was e- Enar Magnutson, who became his son became was Oliver Enartson, E I N A R R S S O N, and then. You know, they, so they, really, you really did. They had all the consonants, and they just slowly got mm-hmm. rid of them. Yeah, that's uh, that would be challenging to. I mean, I've, Icelandic names of anything are crazy. They're like mm-hmm. forty characters long, and half of them are consonants. That's consonants. True. Yeah, consonants. Is that like a constellation? <laughs> that's such a great word, consonant. <laughs> um, we're Is not that here. like constantly doing something. Uh-huh. It never ends. <laughs> <laughs> Is it killing me? <laughs> uh, so, but we aren't here to talk about your Icelandic roots, although. Although we could. They, yeah, I mean that's. Well, we always ask people kind of where they came from, where they're born, where they're raised. This just takes it back a little farther. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, born in Magna, went to Cypress High School, raised sorry. in Utah. I'm sorry. Raised in. Aww. How much? How much? We're Westsiders. Water? But, but, but this is the guy that comes from we're, Wyoming. From we're Westsiders. I'm. I'm. She's bountiful. I'm bountiful. We're, yeah, we're, we're West Valley. <laughs> Her face. <laughs> yeah, that's your. Granger. How much of the water Granger. did you yeah. drink? I drank all of the water. Oh boy. And I'm fine. <laughs> the audience can't see my face right now. <laughs> I don't even know you, and I still question that. Magna is an amazing community. Uh, you know, it's changing over time. but uh, It's actually but, changing pretty significantly right now. Yeah, I'm very proud of where I came from, and um, I don't live there anymore, but I 
you know, I go to the Copperton Park every now and again. Okay, I, once. In, in, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I claim it, and I still live on the west side, so there. Yeah. We live in gangland, though. Magna isn't even gangland. Oh, yeah, it is. Let's I will not go there. <laughs> I, well, so I lived in Magna. I, I stayed with my you ex. You didn't really live there. Well, I kind of did for like six months, more or less. I was staying there. Um, I wasn't officially living there. I did have my own apartment. Um, but uh, I, there were many nights where the SWAT team was in the front yard because of something going on down the street. <laughs> like, not uncommon. I told you not to live by the Harley house. <laughs> well, it was uh, 9150 West. Uh-huh. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's oh, deep in it. There's, deep one, in it right there. there's one more block. <laughs> 9200 is the last one. Yeah. That's that's by the Empress Theater, isn't it? That's uh, further than further A little bit farther yeah. than that. That's a yeah. lot, lot further than that. Uh, it doesn't get a lot farther than the Empress, it's but literally like one block. Yeah, because yeah. the Empress was. Is it and even near, still? Is it even there? The yeah, the Empress yeah. is an amazingly restored theater yep. where they are yep. still doing community theater. Really? In I did not yeah. know that. They do investigations there all the time. Colossmos mm-hmm. used to have a place down at the end of the block. I know. They that. still do. Is it still open? Yeah, yes. They had that little biker park. Need to get out there. there. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Now, I, I did go to, uh, what was it, the Bears Den? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, when that's was, the one. Uh, yeah. It was a strip club. They had amateur night. What the hell? You were there on the wrong day, sir. <laughs> amateur night? <laughs> Don't I mean, go back. A, it was a cool little bar, but amateur night at the Bears Den. So amateur night at a strip club in Magna was... Uh, wow. It was an experience That's a different episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wish they still had the grub box out there. That would oh, actually... Yeah. That would take me out to Magna if they mm-hmm. had that. They had so. some cool taco joints at one time. They probably still do. I don't know. I don't know. Well, now where the grub box was is like some weird, like... Strip mall. But kind of like just a food court inside, mm-hmm. but not really a strip mall. It's kind of strip molly, but I, I don't know. Like, we all did hard time at the grub box. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that place was so good. They have a big Walmart now that they just put in. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> so Allison's here to talk to us about the Salt Lake. Oh, yeah. Downtown, that's right. The Downtown Alliance, the farmer's market. Um, my guess is they're not big supporters of Walmart. Um, we, you know, we have a different vision of um, how to source your food. <laughs> that is a polite way of putting it. You are polished. They like you. But Walmart says local on the package. I'm just kidding. They do. Um, and that's a different subject, but there's a whole, you could have a whole podcast on local washing and it would be really interesting. And then we'd all leave here angry. No, you'd leave, uh, you'd leave here motivated, educated, and ready to put your dollars in the right place. You'd be informed. I don't know how angry you would be. I mean, if you, it's, if you well, go to Walmart... If you a little bit of angry at the misinformation, then you get over it, and then, like yeah. she just said, then you get motivated and you do something about it. Yeah, I think like, that's part of what we do at the Downtown Farmer's Market is we, um, our mission is to educate people about the importance of local food and the importance of agriculture in Utah and our agricultural heritage and... Um, so we, you know, I'm not here to hate on Walmart or any other grocery store. I'll but, hate on them for you. But, <laughs> but what we do is try to teach people about the importance of sourcing food locally, and um, and you know that we do that in a lot of different ways. We do it with hosting markets, downtown farmers market, the Tuesday market, um, which happens in August and September, and a winter market, which is at the Rio Grande Depot, which just ended. So we get our little happy six week break, which is not really a break for anyone, and then we we kick it off on June 9th uh, at Pioneer Park. So that's what we do. We're here to talk, you know, we're here to talk about food and community and how food creates community and why that matters. So let me ask you this. Um, when you guys do go to Pioneer Park, is it like a massive needle cleanup on Saturday mornings <laughs> or late Friday nights? Wow. Before? We're going to go right there. Huh? <laughs> uh, the P- Pioneer Park. So the downtown farmer's market started in Pioneer Park in 1992. 
And it was nothing more really than a revitalization project. It was like, what can we do to change Pioneer Park? And someone went, I don't farmers markets seem like they're cool. So put one there. <laughs> and it was cool. before the internet, you know, it was before Google, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So the executive director of the Downtown Alliance literally got in his car with one of his employees and just drove 89 up to Brigham and went from farm stand to farm stand trying to convince these farmers to come into an urban park in downtown Salt Lake City and sell their wares. And it started out with eight, I believe it was eight vendors that first year, and then it went to 10 and then 20 and then 40. We're now at 190 roughly food vendors and about 100 art and craft vendors. So it started, you know, back when it was really hard to do this kind of work. I was going to say, um, that was a hard sell. Yeah. Because really not only do you have to convince them to come like way far away from where mm-hmm. they're at in a lot of cases, but also you have to convince them that it's going to be worth their time to do that. Right. Week well, and week. to sacrifice their normal weekend stand up where they've normally been to right. come down to, yeah. Has it continuously been going since 92? We've been operating every year. This is our 27th season. So and back in the 90s, hipsters weren't a thing, so. No. Grunsters. No, we were um, we were just coming out of the post hippie era and into the grunge. Work. Well, it's kind of grunge. We're right with the grunge era story. Yeah, for so sure. bring that back full circle. I, I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. So yeah, it wasn't an easy sell, um, but it worked. And there, they found that there was a community of people that were willing to come down to Pioneer Park and buy fresh food. And then the farm, you know, just grew from there. Um, I say that like casually, like it just grew from there, but there was a lot of work that went into it and a lot of personal contacts and personal phone calls. And please God, I know this seems crazy, but just bring your peaches downtown and <laughs> your millions of peaches, your millions of peaches. And, peaches uh, and so, yeah, we still have, they're not free though. Not they free. are not free. Uh, we have, between, uh, they're not in a can. <laughs> no, uh, we have, I think around 10 of the original, some, something like eight original vendors um, that have been at the park forever and, wow. and so they're still there That's and then awesome. we have can a lot you, of really amazing new growers can too. you name drop some of the originals uh, John Borsky uh, Borsky Organics mm-hmm. uh, one of the first organic farms in uh, Salt Lake City well he's actually in Layton um, Taggies out of uh, Willard they have a lot of property in a lot of different places mm-hmm. uh, Dave Daniels Daniels Farm uh, Ron Jensen Jensen Farms um, I know them who am I missing? I'm, there, uh, I'm just wondering who I bought food from. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, th- those guys have all been there for a really long time. And, you know, it's like they a lot of them have, are orchard you know, mm-hmm. fruit growers. Yeah. So you can't just like plop in a fruit orchard. You know, you it takes a long time. It takes a it long takes, time to grow. Yeah, it takes a long it. time. It takes a lot of maintenance. Um, and then the trees get old and you got to replace them. And it's, you know, it's a really difficult thing to do. So. Um, but yeah, we still have a lot of originals with us. And, and like I said, we have a lot of really innovative, amazing young new growers who are working on like an acre in Salt Lake City. Urban farming is making a huge comeback. Um, we feel strongly that, that there is a, that is kind of the future of food to a certain degree. Um, we work, you know, 50% on agricultural preservation and then a lot of 50% on getting new growers interested in farming again. Um, we work with the young, the, the national network of young farmers, um, to make sure that we have resources for them when we can help them. We run a local food microgrant program through Salt Lake City, so you can get, you know, five grand to do cover crops or whatever, you know, whatever you need to do, more sustainable water nice. systems or, you know, shade cloth or w- whatever it is. So we have great partnerships in the city and in the county and in the state to make sure that we can help young farmers get to where they need to be um, and make a living. That's yeah. really cool. That it's is it's really fun. Cool. That's very cool. So I want to back up slightly. So, so you're a young girl growing up in the Magnus. Mm-hmm. Where did the jump? <laughs> I was just trying to get out of Magnus as quick as possible. Where, did, where and how did the jump take place from 
hey, I want to be a part of this. I, what was the evolution? What got you yeah. involved? Um, I grew up, um, there was a community garden in Magna where every, there was like, you know, everybody bought in and had their little plot. And then there would also be like an acre of corn. So as long as you went down and did some weeding and did some maintenance, you got to have a share of the corn. So I remember as, as young as I can remember standing with my grandfather in the kitchen slicing kernels off of corn and blanching them and freezing them. Nice. Uh, my grandmother taught me how to can. Um, so I'm also, I am now my own grandma, but I can teach you how to make strawberry jam if that makes so you feel better. So her peaches now come from a can. <laughs> well, cans. In the winter. I, I do them myself. <laughs> so um, I got into canning, just, you know, being at my grandmother's elbow, um, learning how to make chili sauce and putting up tomatoes and, all, and doing all those, like really old school Mormon heritage kind of stuff, you know, that we all used to just learn. It kind of skipped my mom's generation because she was like in San Francisco in summer of love. And I was like, I guess I'll just put up peaches with grandma. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it did kind of skip a generation and now it's coming back really, really strong. So young people are super interested in growing their own food and they're super interested in learning how to put up food and they're really into cooking. And, and That's you know, because they all know the end is near. <laughs> the end is not. They, they're they're <laughs> like, yeah, the zombie apocalypse is coming. <laughs> All the movies can't be that wrong. You yeah. gotta learn how to do this stuff. Yeah, you, did, you need to learn how to put up your own food and have some uh, firearms, I think, is the key. But, um, so I'll just yeah, go so pick I, my I, neighbors. I, I keep saying that. My next door neighbor's got plenty of those things. Yeah. <laughs> and food storage. And food storage. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was always around food and the value of food and farming and growing your own food. So it was definitely ingrained in me. Um, and then. I worked in publishing for a while, and and then I wanted to have a baby, so I left that and planted a garden that was too big and called up my sister and said, I have way too many cucumbers. I think I remember how to make pickles. So she came over and, and reminded me of how to make pickles, and that set me off, um, like sort of reintroducing me into my food journey and making it into a profession. So I teach canning classes um, and run the market and work towards a public market. That's a long story short. So how did you move from just the one market in 92 with, with eight vendors to... Were you part of that original? Oh, Lord, no. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was going to say. But, but how, how did the alliance... She's 12. I was like, <laughs> I know canning. I, I was definitely... I remember shopping at the farmer's market in the late 90s, back when it was, you know, really pretty small. It was Third yeah. South and like the one little food fairway, and there was a few art and craft vendors, but it was mostly food. So um, late 90s, I remember going to the farmer's market, uh, but I, was, I never worked there. So um, I, I stumbled into this through the canning and food preservation and then ended up at the top. <laughs> top of the food chain. I killed a few people. I don't uh, know. She stabbed some people, brought some others in. <laughs> killed it. So she's from Magna. That's uh -huh. how it rolls. I'll cut you. Uh, exactly. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so how did it go from just being there and, and not... Not very big uh, in Pioneer Park to now you guys run one on Tuesdays mm -hmm. uh, and you also have the, the winter market at the Rio Grande, mm -hmm. um, also probably full of heroin from what I hear. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> the no, heroin's fine. technically outside the building. Mm -hmm. It's all cleaned up now, down there now, though, right? I hear that it's it's a lot better than it was. Operation Rio Grande has been really, really helpful for us. So the partnership between... The um, Utah Highway Patrol and the, and the state resources and the Salt Lake City Police Department 
Um, it has fundamentally changed our neighborhood. Um, there, no one that lives, you know, in the downtown area at all would argue that it's gone. It's it's d- greatly diminished, but it no, has if, been a little. In fact, if you out. live further away from Rio Grande, if you work in like downtown, like, like east, east, south, and like fourth east by the library, you, you'll see that it's still there. Yeah, there definitely. You know, you can't arrest your way out of a crisis like this, no, um, and no. so we're, they're trying to be really strategic. I thank God every day for Ben McAdams because I think he's been amazing in this fight. And, uh, and, you know, they're doing everything they can, but you can't reverse, you know, a 10-year growing opioid crisis in five minutes. No. You just can't. And, and, I mean, what I think they did a really good job when they did that blitz for, for a few weeks where they were just arresting drug dealer after drug dealer mm-hmm. and, and homeless people buying, they were putting through programs. They were and, getting them into programs. And they still well. are doing that. And, and just to be completely frank, we're very involved in all of this that's going on down there. It was not a lot of homeless people buying heroin. It's no. people from the suburbs. It's yeah. people from Ogden. They it's people from Provo. We, we, they knew where to get it. And we they had know. a running joke yeah. on the show, like, go to the Winter Farmer's Market. You can buy heroin and cupcakes. And kale. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't like the, the homeless population wasn't really the problem. It's always been a fairly steady number of homeless people. It was just a very aggressive um, cartel that came in and disguised themselves essentially because it was easy because there were lines of people and crowds of people and it was an easy place to hide and you can pluck one Honduran heroin dealer out of the group and three more show up in his place so that was the problem they needed to solve is that and weird that was, to say cartel in Salt, in Salt Lake City That's just, I know <laughs> it's real though it's huge. no yeah. I know it's real it just is not a word that it seems strange. Yeah. It seems strange, um, but it's real. And it was um, primarily, you know, South American Honduran cartels that were running the show. And so that that problem needed to be addressed specifically. And they knew that. And, you know, when you're just arresting one person, plucking one person out here and there, it's just not an effective way to no. fight the problem. So they've, they've come up with more effective ways to fight the problem. They've come up with treatment plans and long-term um, rehabilitation plans. And that seems to be working. It's not perfect. It's not resolved, um, but it has made my life a lot easier. Um, the park is very safe, um, you know, relatively. It is still an urban environment. I don't yeah. advise that you let your kids come and run around barefoot in the park. Yeah, I just I would, don't. I don't use the porta potties. Don't go use the park. I wouldn't bathrooms. recommend that in any park, like even in your suburban park. Even yeah. in your suburban park, because you know, the problems are everywhere. And I mean, there's a pretty big hepatitis. A outbreak happening right yeah, now, so yeah. I don't advise you letting your kids run barefoot. Put your, either. Definitely Put your shoes on, kids. Don't share your needles. And don't share your needles. <laughs> also, very important. There is a needle exchange program. You can so find the access that on, it's on the. It's legal now too. Yeah, it was not legal for years. Yeah, well, and and that really did cause us a lot of problems because you you would could trade in a needle and get ten back, and so it wasn't effective. Yeah, and there was nobody managing that program. Fourth Street Clinic is managing that now. They're doing a really great job. Utah Harm Reduction Those Coalition is doing awesome. a really great job. So um, we're grateful to them. What we're looking for is to turn this 10-acre urban setting into the most amazing farmer's market in the Intermountain West every Saturday for 20 weeks. And that's what that's our aim. Um, our aim, we don't want people thinking about the fact that it's a little rough, maybe on a Wednesday well, night. I actually oh. don't actually think of that when I, no. I well, it's, it's just a joke that, when, when I go down, I think Pioneer it's an important Park. issue to talk about that. Yeah, no, it's, it's a totally reality, is. but, well, but I, I don't feel unsafe when I go there. And I'm truly curious because I know what that park looks like on a, a Monday afternoon or, a, you know, a Thursday evening because mm-hmm. I've been down there plenty. How do you guys, I mean, 
how is it that they're all gone during the do they just get up and leave no the reality is they're not all gone they're most of the time see them yeah you put five to ten thousand people in in a park and you're just not looking at homeless people i mean there's you know they're still there we don't kick anybody out we don't forcibly remove anyone um we don't let people sleep in vendor areas so people do get woken up and they're sometimes you know grumpy about it but we don't force anyone to move and we don't force anyone to leave the park we just say like this is a vendor area go over by the tennis courts chill out do whatever most of the time they're not comfortable being in because there's so many people people. yeah. yeah so most of the time you know, people will take a walk and relocate and or, you know, go to the shelter for services or whatever they need to do. And, um, you know, we're not we're not there to kick anybody out of the park. We're just there to sort of tra- transform it for a day and um, and give people access to great food. Maybe the homeless want some kale. We you know, we run some really aggressive nutrition programs. We have we work with um, a couple of different organizations um, to redistribute food that might be wasted. Um, so at the end, if there's leftover that kind of thing there are programs that do that we don't have a comprehensive program at the market it's something that we've looked into just eliminating food waste and redirecting it Mm -hmm. um we don't but yeah there definitely are people that pass out food in the in the park as the as the market is ending i like that that makes me feel a lot better about the vendor i mean I i don't think i've ever met a vendor that wouldn't do that maybe one i think it was a sign (laughs) one just came to mind but i I feel that 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 they are compassionate enough in their situation that you know if they saw a need that they would definitely be open i think it was a seinfeld episode where they did the muffin tops (laughs) and saw the muffin bottoms they gave away to the homeless and the homeless got mad and Threw them back at him and didn't want them. Yeah, we. What yes. did you? We, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we try to, um, you know, we try to be as compassionate and as um, as cooperative um, with not only people but also the agencies that are working down there, which is Fourth Street Clinic again and Shelter the Homeless and the and the shelter itself and St. Vinnie's and all of those things. So all of those partnerships are very important to us understanding our role in the neighborhood and understanding how we can all work together to change the neighborhood. Um, and then changing the neighborhood does not mean gentrification. It just means that making sure that it's safe and that people can access the services that they need to access. And uh, and then on Saturday, it's an amazing farmer's market. And some of the best conversations you'll ever hear walking. <laughs> yeah. There's some walking crazy through. stuff goes down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, are there plans to expand that market even further in the summer? Yeah, for sure. Well, not in the summer. So we run um, June 9th. So you guys are running out of space, right? We're, we're not really running out of space that's an interesting point though and i'm going to come back to that in one second we have a lot of space in pioneer park um so 20 weeks in the summer and then we take two weeks off and then we started last year was the first year that we've done the weekly winter market so we are now operating 43 saturdays a year so we're almost the whole year round, and that's in furtherance of our ultimate goal which is a full year round public market which is to be built in west of the rio grande depot um, working really hard on that. St- going to start a, a fundraising campaign on that pretty soon. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a place to buy great food. It's going to be a place to learn how to can food, um, have a wedding, have a private event. Um, we'll do teaching classes for kids. Uh, so that it, it's going to be an amazing project. So our idea was let's get people used to coming to this neighborhood every Saturday all year round. So w- from summer to winter our next step is the built building um it's not going to be an easy lift it's a you know 20 plus million dollar project but it'll be a big state-of-the-art building 
Um, and we're following really great examples in other cities like uh, Grand Rapids in uh, Michigan and uh, Milwaukee and Minnesota. And then there are all these amazing historic markets like Pike Place and, you know, mm. Ferry Terminal Market in San Francisco and Cleveland. And um, so that's that's what we're working toward. Ultimately, that's our next step. The Tuesday market came about, I think this will be the ninth year of the Tuesday market. And that's really just about from August to September, farmers are growing too much food. So what's another way that we can help people? So we kind of come up with this. Harvest season, yeah. Harvest season, yeah. So come up with, a, you know, make it really easy. Make it on a, a weeknight and an evening where you can just leave your office building, stop at the market, pick up a bunch of cool fresh food, and then drive home from wherever you came from. I really wish that it was, like, closer to me. I just wish it was and not on Tuesday, Tuesday because <laughs> I can't ever go because we're, we're podcast. And I work downtown. Oh, dang. So I can't ever... I don't ever go because we record the podcast on Tuesday. And I'm the only one that works downtown. You could totally uh, stop by. It starts at 5, right? It starts Six. at 4. Oh, see? You oh, can swing by online. That means you'd have to leave work. Yeah, but you know me. I don't ever leave work. <laughs> it starts at 4, so... You can make Pretty much have a bed at work. It's super easy too because you can. It's not crowded. It's only right. like twenty five yeah. vendors usually. So you and can they're, just they're pick. mostly food vendors. All food vendors. All food vendors. All food and, it, and it's ninety nine percent fresh produce. That's oh, the best. So yeah. So it's it's great for that. Um, that's I, don't, I don't think you would let me pick out the produce. Though. I think I don't care when it's coming it's from fresh. the farmers market. <laughs> that's the time of year when your zucchini is out of control and you have more than you can possibly. Yeah. So that's the perfect time to, yeah. to, yeah. For every farmer, it's the time when everything is out of control. Right. What do we do? Um, and there's only so much you can do. So this market has been helpful for a lot of them. It's really helpful for new growers that we're trying to cultivate to get into the larger market. Um, cause it's not so chaotic. It's not 10,000 people in a day yelling, you know, do you have your lettuce left? And it's just an easier entryway. You By know? the way, it's pro, way. pro tip for anyone that's listening, go in the morning go on at Saturday. Eight you when go it at, opens. At, at, I don't like going at eight because yes. not all the vendors are done set up yet at eight o'clock. So usually. go at eight fifteen. But yeah, I like, <laughs> I like to show up. If you show up before 11, you're going to get good produce. Yeah. You're not going to have a ton of crowd yet. If you could text me when you get there at eight and you see a vendor that's not set up yet. <laughs> <laughs> I would appreciate that because we have a very strict, we have a very, very strict set of rules and guidelines and we want you to show up at eight and everyone be up and ready to sell. And, um, when we like to bash heads about, I that wouldn't even say 11, I would say even like nine into nine thirty yeah, because then it there. starts getting hot. I try to get there before nine, but yeah, if I, I've gotten there like right at eight, in fact, we did it. Uh, Comic-Con last mm-hmm. year was right. And we're like, well, let's just go down to the farmer's market and let's go find it something for awesome. breakfast before the show. We had breakfast before, before, breakfast before Comic-Con um, down at the farmer's market in the morning. It was perfect. But yeah, it's that, really nice. Not everyone, yeah. was, not everyone was up and running quite yet. Okay, so. well, I'm, I'm we'll let you know. You need intel on that. You said Comic-Con, which is a lot of out-of-state people. Yeah. I noticed that there is so many out-of-state people that are like, oh my... Oh my gosh, like, I didn't know you guys had one. This is so amazing. Yeah. And that is, I love to hear that. Yeah, we get a big um, fo- uh, flow over from Comic-Con and from a lot of the other conventions. They don't they don't buy produce, but they do come and have lunch and get coffee and hang out and listen to music. And, and we're fine with that. So for those that don't know, oh, sorry, Chris. Uh, oh, I was going to say, for those that don't know, can you explain, tell us, what kind of vendors, what kind of things can people expect to see when they come? It's not just Everything. produce. Yeah, I mean, it's not just produce, we, but we definitely have, I think one of the, the biggest misconceptions that I like to help people with is that we open on June 9th. Tomatoes don't come in until usually 
first of August. So don't come to the farmer's market expecting <laughs> tomatoes in June. And a lot of people do. And a lot of people want to know where the lemons are and where the limes are. And we have to tell them everything for, at our market comes from within a 250 mile radius. Yeah, you're not going to find lemons and limes. You're not going to find lemons and limes. And if you do, that's um, that's so some busting heads. Maybe you should heads. tell us if you found some. <laughs> we, oh, no, no one's no one's that stupid. Um, <laughs> usually. I, I have had a vendor pull a box of pears off a truck that were clearly labeled from California. And I was like, it's August, bro. Pears don't come in season here until like yeah, another for a month. month. Well, <laughs> and also, it says California produce on the box, so eighty-six. Yeah, that's 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 really cool that you guys do that. I want to be a farmer market regulator. No, you don't. <laughs> Unmitigated <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> she, total, she totally would love it because it's her pet peeve. She's complained about it before, where she's like. I just always wonder on is it the the one that's on at Wheeler Farm or whatever where you're like oh yeah she complains about that one uh, there are we have a very a very peach set, vendor yeah. yeah we have a very specific <laughs> set of guidelines From Colorado that made me so mad we do well and I know I know who that is and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some intel on that. Um, <laughs> so we we are very carefully regulate where everybody's from. We do at least ten farm inspections every year, um, cool. which means you know we're going to different sets of farms every year. But we're looking at what they're growing. We're looking at where they're growing it. We're inspecting kitchens. We're inspecting facilities um, because we want the consumer to trust us in a way that they don't trust a lot of other markets, right? So we're, our word is our bond, and so we have to work really hard to make sure that we're actually doing what we say, we say we're doing. Um, I think you maybe are talking about Black Bear Orchards, organic peaches at Wheeler last year, um, and they are in our market too, and there's a reason. They're 256 miles from Salt Lake City. They're, just, right on the edge. they're just over the border. They're on probation. In Colorado. <laughs> and, but the fly. reason that we have let them in is because they're the only certified organic peach vendor that we have, and there are... Which there is are, crazy because of all the peaches that are in this state. It's crazy, but it's also peaches. if you get we, we don't we don't have time to do a deep dive on orchard processes right now. There are so many amazing progressive growers in this state. It is almost no it's no longer really viable or sensible for them to go after organic certification. They're doing really, really innovative things like integrated pest management. They know when to spray. They spray at specific times. They never spray fruit. They only spray blossoms. They I mean, they have this down to a science. So when they have to spray and they mostly do, um, even organic growers are spraying. They're just using some different methodologies. Yeah. Um, it's very rare. It's very minimal. Um, and they do an amazing job and they work really hard and they, they're looking at trees every day they're looking specifically at what they're going to be harvesting and organic certifications a pain in the ass i can forgive it then it's a, it's a really really onerous process for a grower and it doesn't make sense for small growers and black bear um has been a good vendor for us they are from colorado we do get a lot of flack from that but we also have vendors from idaho because again, we're 250 miles from Salt Lake from, City. Who do you guys have from Idaho? We have Lau Family Farms, a ranch, and they do um, lamb, beef, and pork. Okay, I bought their pork. Uh huh. I think they. Ha well, I can't say that out loud, but they have a they have really great <laughs> beef. We, and we they age their beef. We really made nicely. our pizza with their sausage. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So we have we have grower. We have a, a Pace Family Farms who does eggs out of Evanston, Wyoming. Um, so we, it's not a lot. Most of our growers are from Utah, but we do let people in 200, roughly 250 miles. And then again, if there's a specialty vendor that is going to bring something different to the market that we know our consumers want, I don't have time to talk to everybody about how you don't need to spend $7 a pound on peaches for or certified organic. But if that's your jam, 
go ahead. If it's keeping you out of Walmart and bringing you here, or not Walmart, even Whole Foods. If it's keeping you out of Whole Foods and bringing you here, ever been into a Whole Foods? I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a comment on on the price because that's 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 a big deal. So organic or not, it it doesn't really matter. When you go to the farmers market, it's mind boggling the amount of produce you can get. Mm Compared to what you'll pay at any grocery store. And the quality. Yeah, well, and you yeah. get it home, put it on the counter, and three days later, it still looks like a peach. Yeah. yeah. So the most telling, the most telling thing big. for me, one of the most telling vegetables is onions. Uh-huh. When you get fresh onions from the farmer's market, they don't have dried layers on the outside of mm-hmm. them. They're fresh. They've got the stem still. They're like the ones that people um, pick pictures of for magazines because yeah. they're so beautiful. Or to put on your Instagram feed. Yeah. Your food um, doesn't... It's usually... On the overwhelming majority of the food that is sold on a Saturday is harvested on a Friday or on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. So um, it's picked fresh. It tastes better. The nutritional quality and content is better. It does hold up longer. Um, so and, and dollar for dollar, I please go to your grocery store and look at what you're it's paying per close. pound. You can get such amazing deals. And the key is to eat in season, right? So it's going to be June 9th and everyone's going to have lettuce, kale, herbs, other boring things, <laughs> things you don't want, <laughs> and then you're gonna radishes. eat. Yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, there'll be some radishes, some yeah. early beets, some, some early carrots, some peas, maybe. There'll be maybe some maybe garlic scapes, depending on where people peas are. Peas are probably pretty close at that time. Yeah, peas will be close, um, first or second, maybe the third week, um, and th- so you. So the idea is you eat a fifty-seven thousand salads, and then you're sick of salads, and the tomatoes come in. And the peppers come in and the corn comes in. When the tomatoes then, come in, you can just throw them all in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, what we want people to do is think about eating seasonally. You know, you shouldn't be looking for strawberries in January because right. they don't grow here. They're no, grown they're from Ch- Chile. They're from Chile or Argentina or it's like you know, a watermelon on sale now. You like yeah. Where are those coming early. from? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, like um, my kids are weird. So, like, they'll go to a party and be like, why is there cantaloupe? And I'll say, I don't know, but don't. Don't shame anyone. <laughs> they don't. They're not as I elitist as kid. you. <laughs> yeah. They're like, cantaloupes aren't in season. Why is that a cantaloupe? I was like, shut up. Shut up. We're going to get kicked out. It's summer in Chile right now. Yeah. So, but, but that's part of our mission. You know, we're a 501c3. Our mission is to teach people that there's a reason that you eat seasonally. There's a reason that everything, you know, it's all greens and stuff right now. And, and then there's going to be great stuff to come. Just hold on and then get sick of corn and move on to something to else. Squash, you know? the summer squash. Yeah, tell the summer. Yeah, summer squash thing. actually comes in really early. And and then you are you want to kill someone with a zucchini because you're sick of eating it. And that's and really the beauty of seasonal eating. Like you eat while it's good. And then I never you put get up. sick of zucchini bread. Christmas, no. the best zucchini bread. Sick of making it. We sent yeah. our daughter to college with like four loaves of zucchini bread and dropped it off on the counter, and they were so excited. I think that's um, it's just really important for people to understand. We have an incredible depth and breadth of agricultural well, heritage in this state, and I want people to connect with it, understand it. That's one of the fun things about going to the farmers market for me. I'm like, okay, we're gonna go and. I'm going to find out what we're having for dinner this mm-hmm. week because I'm just going to pick what's there and figure out what to make out of it. And it's yeah. not even just the vegetables. I mean, the meat, the, the ranches that are around. The yeah, meat you were leading produced. me there earlier, so I'm sorry. I kind of <gasps> dropped that. Yeah, there there are, no, you're good. No, I love, ranches. what is it, grass, Canyon, Canyon, Canyon Meadows oh Ranch. Oh, my gosh. They're all, yeah, grass-fed um, cattle up in Altamont, Utah. And cheese, the cheese makers yeah, that we have. Amazing. Yeah. Let, yeah. me, let me say this about grass-fed beef. So for all the... All the flack and all the the talk of organic, and I think organics, it's got its place, but I think it's kind of stupid, honestly. Um, 
grass-fed beef, there is a very distinct mm-hmm. flavor difference mm-hmm. than your everyday beef. And mm-hmm. you might pay a little bit more for that meat at the farmer's market, but it is worth every penny. That's one thing. Every I mean, penny. Absolutely, you're going to pay more for grass-fed meat and humanely raised poultry. And, you know, you're going to pay more for that. And for llama. sure. But even at the grocery store, you're going to pay more for it. You're, even at the grocery store, you're going to pay more for those types of foods. But I think what that helps us do, especially in the summer, again, seasonal eating, you have this like massive basket of fresh fruit and vegetables. So a, ma- a big hunk of meat shouldn't be your focus, right? Nope. So get a nice roast that's three pounds, feed six people with it, maybe have it for leftovers the next day. When you pay a little bit more, especially for, I think, for really high quality meat, you value it more. And it's not, you know, a McDonald's cheeseburger. It's something that you paid a little bit more. You invested a little bit more. It's better for you. You don't need to eat a ton of meat well, and all like the time. Pretty local farmers. Even if you get yeah. ground beef, for example. Yeah. If you get ground beef from the farmer's market, it came from one cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you buy it from the grocery store, who the hell knows how many cows And it's Yeah, it's that. also really, it's, it's a much, it creates a much safer food system. Mm-hmm. So people dying from eating contaminated romaine lettuce, um, that doesn't happen. A lot, no. you know, for us. <laughs> and, yeah. and the reason is these are not industrial farms. These are people who are on the farm every day, monitoring water, monitoring growing processes, understanding how and that the works. the people picking it aren't eating their own the food. food, eating their own food. And if you make somebody sick with the E. coli tainted romaine, You're like true. they're coming back to you because yeah. like, I know where I bought this. Yeah. So you better be careful. And it so it adds a layer of intimacy with the grower, with the, with the producer, whoever they might be, whether it's, you know, eggs or meat or yogurt or dairy. Um, it brings us back to having a relationship with the people that produce and grow our food. And I don't think there's anything, in my opinion, more important than that right now. Yeah. So outside of food, so there's there's fresh produce. There's fresh produce. And there's, there's, there's ranch meats. Grass-fed beef. Um, we have poultry now we, uh, from Old Home Place. You can also buy llama, llama. if that's your jam. I've uh, never had llama, but I would like to try it. I think it's a little weird. I don't, yeah, there's llama, there's lamb. Sorry, Dale. I said that out loud. Edit that way. <laughs> Everyone likes llama. Um, yeah, so there's eggs, chicken. If you live um, in Peru. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. That's who they're supplying You like llama on true. top of it. I found that out with the very first time I saw it, and I took a picture. I was like, You like llama on top of french fries Am if I? you live from Peru. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my friend said it was all over in Peru. They found so. a niche. Um, old pigs. home place growers. They they're based in Vernal. <laughs> no. Because that's a big Peruvian thing. No, they, that would get... I, PETA would be all over my ass. They guinea pigs. No way. That's a food source up there. I know, but let's not get carried away. We're Americans. Let's protect her. (laughs) She has a big job. Do we have anyone that does horse? I'm not eating horses. No, uh, no. And then, yeah, again, this is a a very cultural conversation. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so there's a ton of baked goods. Some of the most beautiful, amazing pastries you can find. Bubble and brown. Yeah, bubble and brown. Love them. Oh, no. And all the ones that are on the north side, like Pierre. All the the bread vendors. Yeah, Pierre's bread and Vosin's. And so, so great stuff there a lot of cool beverages like uh, Garwood's ginger beer and we have two kombucha vendors Mamachari and uh, crew kombucha if you're into that and um, I've never tried sweet it sweet limeade sweet yeah sweet lake limeade yeah uh, is another great vendor you should try kombucha it's very good for you it's a yeah. it's a, it's a no, it's uh, just, if you want some just good, saying no <laughs> good ethnic and culturally diverse food yes it's a great place to go too I mean, it's a great place a, to get lunch yeah, yeah you have you have the with the Somalians uh, oh yeah you have five dollars for a Sudanese oh, Sudanese. Sudanese that's yeah. what it is yeah. Sudanese. it's like five bucks that's for really a plate good. of amazing yeah. food it's really the, good the, these are the kind of stories that I I like to tell um, Alawal Majuk is an uh, immigrant from the Sudan. 
Um, a large majority of her family were murdered in the last war. Uh, she came here with her own children, with a bunch of children that were her brothers and sisters. She works full time at a fast food restaurant at the airport. Um, 60 hours a week and then she comes and does Saturdays at our market Wow! Um, it's really frustrating when I get like um, the white boys complaining to me about you know not their not, sales aren't that good I'm like no shut up because LOL is crushing you yeah. <laughs> this is like her 80th hour this week so um, so the kind of food stories we get to tell we have um we have them. We have um, a Haitian uh, vendor who's really yeah, amazing. We have really a good too. yeah. We have a Jamaican vendor that's really great. Um, so what were those bun things that we got? No, the pierogi people. Uh, Puerto Rican. Yeah. Oh, that's a good story. So Polish pierogi. Yeah. I yeah. talked to them for a long time last year. Yeah, Jen walked up to me at a winter market like four years ago and said, "I have this idea for food. I want to do it at the farmers market. It's Polish Puerto Rican." Fusion, and I was like, "That's not a thing. I have to go." Oh, it was a thing, and it's delicious. What's the thing? So it's it's for those of you that don't know, they're pierogies, which is very Polish. So it's a, a potato dumpling, potato essentially, dumpling. Yeah, potato yeah. dumpling, but filled with Puerto Rican inspired flavors. Mm-hmm. So they have just a regular pierogi with you know potatoes. cheese and potatoes, mm-hmm. uh, which is really have, good. Which is like, really good. They have like a, a really good like shredded beef and bean. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They have like eight. I different like the ones. sauerkraut one. They're That's so my favorite good. one. Yeah, they they do such an amazing job, and they're working towards getting um, into a packaged mm-hmm. program so they can sell in stores. Um, and that's that's another aspect of what we do that I'm really proud of is that we help people get into brick and mortar stores. So come experience your dream, figure out what it is you want to do, and then let us help you build your business and then get to either a restaurant or distribution or, you know, whatever grocery stores you want to be in. And um, we have a pretty consistent track well, record of being yeah, able I was to do say, that. Olio, who, who people who listen to this show know Olio real well, mm-hmm. that's what they've done. They started doing farmer's markets and got That's to a point where... because we use Oleo all over in this house. Yeah. <laughs> it's really great stuff. Oleo, um, I mean, Lizzie's Kitchen, mm-hmm. Rico Brand, Minnie's Cupcakes, Licked Popsicles, Mama Chari, Well, and Rico Brand is all over the place. It's in I really need Frida's now. to bring back their food truck and bring back their eggs benedict <laughs> oh they did such a good job it was just too much i bet it was too much for jorge ruby i bet snap. And they're, good. yeah ruby yeah. snap they're they're actually not a vendor at the market anymore um but they're in grocery stores all over and they have their own retail store and they were birthed you know at the farmer's market so mm-hmm. um so that's another aspect of our job that we that we really like to do so but outside of food there is a ton you of go around stuff. the corner and there's artists and, mm-hmm. I, I, and before we go to the artists and stuff i want to talk about one other video um, the, the county gel. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're my favorite. They yeah. make the best peppers. They they always have really good produce. How did they do? How did that come about, and how did that become part of uh, of what goes on down there? And that was a joint partnership between Utah State Extension and the county gel, just developing a rehabilitation program. Um, what is something that's therapeutic? That's also a skill that's going to get people out into the dirt, give them a motivation, you know, to to work hard and and behave well and get out if they can. Um, I'm not sure how long it's been in operation. I think it's probably at least a decade, if oh, wow. not more. What do they do? Um, they grow food. They, they, grow, they grow food, food at the yeah. county they have gel. Their own greenhouse. They have flowers yeah. and stuff. And is too. it inmates mm-hmm. that are selling? the food there mm-hmm. right? yeah. inmates that sell the food there um, you have to go through a pretty rigorous process if you're a prisoner and you want to be on site doing retail sure um, and they just they're amazing they do such they a good job they're so awesome. nice I, don't, yeah. I haven't ever had an issue no no never that's because there's never. a cop standing behind them well, <laughs> no there's like four county sheriffs <laughs> right shaking the bush boss I mean, shaking yeah. the bush they, they've worked so hard to be able to get to be on the retail side at that point I mean you know the, those guys are seeing the light at the end well, of the and tunnel and, and it's the county jail it's not mm-hmm. the prison yeah. So 
these guys are guys that are in for <laughs> they're not violent but offenders. Well, and they're yeah. generally in for less than a year if you're in the county. And jail. it's yeah. not even that. Like they have, if you ask them about their growing, like yeah, they have so much pride know yeah. in their food, and it's just not to say that any of the other vendors don't. It's just a different enthusiasm. Well, for it's it. a really great pro- yeah. program, and they do really weird, cool things. They have the the breadth and depth to like try new vegetables and try new yeah. fruits and be really no um, joke. Their little pack yeah. of like five dollar peppers is the best, yeah. and it lasts forever. Yeah, they do a great job. Are they are they well received from the community? They're beloved. By the That's community. good to hear. That's yeah. really good to hear. Very, very good. Okay, so now we can talk about the non-food stuff because there are a ton of artists and. Artisans. I learned today the cement artist lives down the street from me, and I need some of his quails. Oh, oh, the one that puts his stuff out on the curb. Yeah. Oh, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> In the sandbox. <laughs> Dave Cornell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're great. We They've been in the market for a long time, like probably 15 years. Um, Cat Martin's there, right? Cat is there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. No, I haven't reviewed the art and craft application. Yes, she's, doing, she's, she's doing like she's, half of the season. She's yeah. been posting. She's, she's been posting. Half. Okay, good. She's prepping. So. Uh, okay, good. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not as intimately familiar on the art and craft side as I am on the food side. Um, but yeah, we have about 90, roughly 90 plus vendors on the art and craft side every week. Um, everything is uh, handmade. Uh, you can't, you know, you can't import anything. You can't, oh, yeah, that, it all has to be done. That handmade jewelry. Not the stuff we find at Comic-Con. <laughs> I like the, I like I the guy that myself. only takes cash, but he makes those really cool. That he sells for like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, he has his, the truck. He's on the east side. He makes the um, big, big yard decorations that you see. Like the, 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 the big bird big bath, the really pretty stuff. flowery stuff. On the east side? Yeah. yeah, that's um, SJ, Stephen Johnson. Stephen Johnson that Yard Art. Right. That, that sounds, sounds right. right. Mm-hmm. I wish that he would take debit, though, because if he did, <laughs> I would probably have like 20 more. Your whole yard would be covered. <laughs> no, I'm totally serious. That that bee that I got you for your birthday, oh, yeah. that's from him. Oh, yeah. Cool. They, we have some really amazing Can you tell we're big fans? Crafters. I know. <laughs> you guys have a good depth of knowledge here. I did not drive to Kearns for nothing. <laughs> that's true. And we'll try and prevent you from getting stabbed on your way out. <laughs> Oh, not this is a good neighborhood. Shut up. This is a good neighborhood. Um, yeah, so we have about 90 art and craft vendors. Um, everything is handmade. Everything is local. Everything from body care to jewelry to clothing. Um, lots of art, lots of photography, uh, ceramics. Um, we've got a good crop this year. I think I'm really, I think it's going to be great. Um, and we're, we're sort of reintegrating so that there's not as much break from downtown art and craft market and downtown food market. So we're just kind of trying to make sure we're all under the same umbrella because I don't think people think I'm going to the downtown art and craft market so much as they think I'm going to the downtown farmer's market and this is the depth and breadth of the experience that we're having. So um, so we're trying to, you know, make sure that everybody, that it's really inclusive and that we're all under one big umbrella and everybody works together and it's working out pretty well. Can, so, we, talk, can we talk about space? Yeah, that's, that's how I was going to go. Oh, is as you were saying earlier that you still have room. We were asking oh, if you were maxed yeah, out. I, I mean, there's a, that. there's a dog park over there where you could like there see is people a dog playing park. with their dogs. I mean, there I is some open just space. The kids over there too. There's yeah. some open space in the middle <laughs> for sure. But There's open space in the middle. Um, I think that, well, so, oh, so, so probably no one knows this at this in this room, but um, the Pioneer, the Salt Lake City Parks and Rec Department is undergoing a massive um, construction project in Pioneer Park this year. So they're taking out the permanent bathrooms, which have been locked for a decade. Oh, that's good because the last yeah. time I was in them, I was really <laughs> scared of, and I'm I'm not a very scared. Was it two weeks ago, we talked about the train that used to be there. Yeah, yeah, there was a train. Uh-huh. We had that whole conversation. Yeah. We won't go down that road again because it got ugly. <laughs> well, I just so, talked about the caboose that was where I grew up. 
<laughs> and what we did as kids what happened okay. inside of it anyway no let's so, move on <laughs> so we're going to be operating a farmer's market around the perimeter of a massive construction project so we're trying to oh, think wow. through what that's going to look like and um, offer the best experience for our uh, patrons um, but the bathrooms are coming out a lot there's a lot of trees coming out um, and they're putting in a big soccer field Oh, and, it, and a whole bunch more lighting. So mm. upping the safety and security, upping the visual permeability, um, making it more friendly to residents who maybe just want to come and kick around a ball or you kinda, know, whatever it is they want to do. On the, the Play some drums. They're, they're um, any removing... Tree, any tree removal bums me out. I know, it's a bummer, but they're, re- they're replacing about three-fourths three of them right now, and we're working with Tree USA and the local Rotary Club to try and do a tree program. So are the older can, trees diseased? or Some of them are just old and, and battered, and some of them are just in the way of what is the gotcha. soccer field. So, um, you know, the park hasn't changed dramatically in a lot of years, and so I think there are some improvements that we can do to, again, increase security and safety, make it more usable and friendly for the neighborhood, um, take out obvious centers for crime, and, uh, the bathrooms, yeah, and just and just make it better for everybody. <laughs> so we're very obviously very nervous about what's going to happen, but we're really excited about the outcome of the of what the park will look like and um, and how it's going to get used. It just might seem a little weird because there's going to be a big fence in the middle of the park. <laughs> so how's that going to affect parking? We started talking about parking before. Well, yeah, it shouldn't no effect on parking at all. Park. Come on, no. yeah. Well, we started talking about that before yeah. we started recording. Yeah. So yeah. parking. It won't have any effect on parking at all. Especially because where is there free parking? We, ha- we have a partnership with our good friends at the Gateway. So you can park for free at the Gateway and just stop by our info booth and you can get a validation. Um, there's really, there are thousands of parking spots within a one block radius of the market. And I think people... Um, get used to being in a different environment where they can just park and get out and walk. Um, that's not what this is. This is a city. So park at the gateway. It's a super easy walk. Um, park uh, two blocks away. Take Club a green X, bike. The little coffee yeah. shop right there. You can Five park there. Yeah. Tracks goes right past. You can it. take tracks. You can ride your bike. We do There's have a lots free of free city parking on the yeah. street all over the place. All over Saturday. the place. We do have a free bike valet. So if you ride your bike to the park, we'll park that for for you um, securely for free. Um, well, that's and, cool. Yeah. So, and then we also have a veggie valet. So if you're a hoarder like me <laughs> and you're filling up a big red wagon and you don't want to haul that back to your car two blocks away, you can leave it at our veggie valet, which is on 300 South and 350 West, right in the middle of the block. And just leave it there. Go get your car, pull up, and we'll load it into your car for you for free. Wow. That is a pro tip, by the way. If you go to the farmer's pro market, tips. get Bring bags. Like, go to Harlan's and pick wagons. up some really nice bags, like reusable bags, and take them to the market because you're not going to get bags from hardly anyone. There. You, no one. I mean, you, we do not allow plastic, one single-use no, plastic bags but anymore. The, but they, there's some vendors Select that have, help. like, like multi-use bags that they like, uh, do we have this bag? Do you want this bag? But most people just have their own. Select Health always hands out the ones that look like fruit. (laughs) Love you. Select Health is a major sponsor of ours. They're um, coming back in this year with 25,000 bags for us to hand out to our vendors and to hand out to patrons. There are no single-use plastic bags in our market, Mm -hmm. so bring your own tote bags. Um, It's something that we're really passionate about. We have a really deep waste-wise mission. We don't allow vendors to sell any plastic beverage bottles of any kind. We have free water available for you. We have stainless water bottles that are three bucks, the same that you would pay, you know, for a water bottle at an event like that. 
Um, you have mission, water stations too, don't you? We have seven water stations yep. throughout there's the park. Do- there's dog water. There's yeah. dog water. Especially yes. at that dog collar place. They're so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Pat wants. But a lot of the, a lot of the vendors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. And a lot of the vendors too will will put big old tubs out for pets with ice in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make the water cool it's, for them. So. Yeah, we encourage pets. I, you know, it's always a constant battle between people that hate strollers and people that hate dogs. <laughs> oh, I, so, hate I hate strollers. Worse. See, that's the thing. Like everyone has their thing. I, I hate kids, the strollers. And I hate the strollers. They take up too much space. Go <laughs> at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's that's not why the I go space. It's so like. I I think people tend to try and be aware of their pets and pets are like walking around and they're moving too, but people just totally forget and they'll like take their stroller and like set it there and then sit and like deal with somebody and their stroller's like right there. Or they'll just stop in the middle of the road and take their phone out and try and And have a phone call or something. It is difficult. So please be conscious when you bring your stroller that there are 8,000 other people who want to access the path. And if you bring your dog and your dog's a dick, don't bring your dog. Right. That is a very important message. It's crazy that people do that. Like, oh, my dog hates people. I'm going to take him to farmers where there's other dogs and people. I wish that that were a message that more people would get across because there are dogs that are built for crowds and there are dogs that are absolutely not. And they get really aggressive and people can't control them and they bark at other dogs. And then we have to go in and be jerks and say, that dog does not need to be here. Hit the bricks. Um, You know, we permit the park, so we reserve the right to remove anyone from the park that's being disruptive or violent or dangerous or whatever. And I've told people, like, that dog does not need to be here. Thanks for being a dick. Yeah, thanks for being, like, ruining it for everyone. So um, so please be conscious of that. Clean it up. <laughs> or if your dog does what mine did last year and throws up, like do a, your best and clean it up. Like <laughs> she just she, she drinks so much water. She puked so much crap up all over the sidewalk, and we use like almost every single bag we ha- like doggy poop bag that we had. We have we have more at the info oh booth if you need gosh. it. And also, we're happy to assist in those sorts of efforts because we can quickly grab water and a broom oh. and clean it up. Yeah, yeah, just, like, we, and my staffers as horrified as they are, if you end up in a crap cleanup situation. And you do get free lunch, so like that's how I, how I sell it. Who wants staff lunch? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, nope, <laughs> nope, not nope. Because no. I'm not going to be hungry afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's. I mean, those are. There's a lot of issues. We just ask that if you want to bring your animal, whether it's literally like a turtle, an iguana, a dog, people bring cats. That's great. I'm I'm happy with that. Just make sure that your animal is comfortable in a you know busy urban environment. Same and goes for your children, people. Oh God, don't. leave your kids home. They're so irritating. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm so look, for it. Look, if there you is... bring a stroller because you've got so much stuff that you need to like put in it, and you're using it like a grocery cart. I'm they okay do. with if, that. If you're gonna bring yeah. your your three year old to the farmer's market. Plan to be there for ten minutes. Like know exactly where you're going and get out. Because you have kid, to have a strategy. You have to have a strategy. They so you don't have to know want where. To look. Yeah, they don't. But you have to know where the bubbles are, and you have to know where you know the face painting is, and the and the can, balloon okay. animals the are, and then okay, the snowy. Can those be moved, please? Because <laughs> where they're at, like that, the the guy with the bird last year, like every time he was there, it just got so congested you couldn't get through there. Yeah, that's Eric. Um, Earthwing, that Earthwings is the name and of his organization, awesome. and he does wild bird rescue. But, wow. Oh, that was a bad. That's bad placement. Like it's, like it's, it's the like, bird puts the money in the box for you. The, the problem is so you hate money eating crows. Yeah, I do. I hate them. They take wow. all my money. You're I can't a monster. Go <laughs> the thing is, is, is where he's at. Like, there's not a lot of space. And there's not, the kids and they will grow and. 
It'll be even less space this year. So, yeah, we are rethinking um, where the best place for him to be is. And uh, I mean, everything is going to get reconfigured. So yeah. we, we just ask. Yeah, we just ask that everyone be really patient and we're going to do our best at making sure that, you know, signage is there and the social media messaging is there. And, and we have two info booths so that, you know, people can't find what they need. The, the perimeter of the park is essentially unchanged. It's just where the, the sort of clog, the, yeah, the, where the clog points are. So um, so we're going to be rethinking that. It's going to be a great experience it's just gonna you know look a little construction-y we've talked a lot about the vendors like we've named a lot how do you guys choose who to to let in i know it's an application process Mm -hmm. but what's important to be represented to you guys we um rarely turn away a produce vendor um you know all of our legacy producers they come back every year um and if there's someone new doing microgreens or you know some new operation we try really really hard to make sure everyone who's trying to grow food gets in and we i don't think have really turned anyone down in the, my time there uh, the rest of it starts to get really complicated because you have all these bakeries and we get dozens of applications for bakeries every year and, and we can't just have 20 of them. we just turn them all down yeah i mean for the most part unless you're doing something really innovative um and interesting it's it's very difficult to get in because those spots are taken and we our policy is it's sort of a grandfather policy it's not strict grandfather policy but if you're a good vendor in in good standing you're coming back basically um so then we look for unique new products like um Kombucha has been at our market for five years. We now have two kombucha vendors. We don't need any more. We have uh, we have a really not a lot of people actually like it. Yeah, like if you're a cheesemaker doing really innovative cheese, I'm gonna find a spot for you. Like the cool you know? grilled cheese that Heber does. I love that. Cheese. Yeah, Heber Valley is a fantastic <laughs> company, um, and we love them. Um, so we're always looking to add to whatever is an agricultural mix and the rest of it, it, it gets really, you know, everybody wants to do a new soda or wants to do cookies or wants to do brownies. And that's not our focus. Our focus is, you know, agricultural products and then things that are innovative and new. And Which what can't you get anywhere else, basically? Part of why yeah. bubble and brown so awesome because they do the very fresh, like in season pastries. And, I, I, those little, and that's one reason why you I should go early because they sell <laughs> out by like 10 o'clock in the morning. He sells out by 10. <laughs> fresh fruit pies. Yes. Yeah. So Burningham good. Farms. Oh, so good. Ron Burningham. Yeah. They've been there for a really long time. And they, they're from Brigham City, right? They're from Brigham City. Um, they don't grow everything that goes into those little pies, but they do grow a good matter. bit of it. I know they're good. Yes. They're really yummy. And they, don't, they don't grow the flower? <laughs> no. Like <laughs> harvesting <laughs> that morning. Nobody's, nobody's well, there are some wheat growers in, yeah. in the state, but there aren't that many. Um, uh, the Lehigh Roller Mills is sourcing some um, flour that's grown in Utah. Central Milling up in Logan is um, growing and sourcing a lot of organic flour in Utah and Wyoming and Montana. So, so we've talked about food vendors, and we've talked about art vendors, and, and just mentioned Select Health. But I want to mention... Um, the voting that you had for the marijuana stuff. Mm, yeah, about there. like the sort of initiatives that happened there. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. It's it's an easy access. I liked that they had all the counties. So wherever you were coming from, you could you, you could you know sign the sign the petition. Um, but I want to thank you for having Planned Parenthood there. Mm-hmm. So I have two daughters. I have a twenty year old daughter and a daughter who's turning eighteen in less than a month, and. You know, we stopped by their booth and we picked up their fun pins and we picked up their cards and stuff and I brought them home and I'm like, the two of you, you know, go do this. And Mm -hmm. then they did. And it having different things like that is just another way to really connect with the community and bring and and help the community because 
I have health care. I'm a 42-year-old woman. I'm never going to go. I don't need to go to Planned Parenthood for anything. So it was helpful to have that there and yeah. pick up all that stuff and bring it to my kids. I Yeah, I mean, um, so we have a whole nonprofit section. Um, and that includes everybody from the Utah Fine Arts Museum to Planned Parenthood to the League of Women Voters to, um, you know, Utah, University of Utah Midwifery Clinic. If any nonprofit is eligible to apply for a space, um, we want to make sure that we are working in partnership with our community partners, with our nonprofits that are out there. Um, and that people that might not have an easy voice like Planned Parenthood have access to consumers and, and patrons in the community. Um, I did go to Planned Parenthood when I was young. Again, grew up in Magna. <laughs> I still go to, I'm, I'm almost 38. I still go to Planned Parenthood. Um, there so. was, there was never, it used to never be a political discussion. It used to be a healthcare discussion. Right. And so that's what it is. It's a healthcare it still discussion. Is. So, um, so I think it's important for us, you know, we don't draw political boundaries of any kind. We, we have all kinds of groups that come and we don't turn anyone away based on their political belief or their religious belief. Well, actually we don't allow religious organizations at the market anymore because that just got sticky. Yeah. Um, and there's a plenty of opportunity to voice your, you know, religious perspective in this town, particularly. Or so, just stand out on the sidewalk and voice it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fine. There's plenty of opportunity for that. So what we really want to focus on more are the community partners in the 501c3 world that are doing um, work that we think is important and, and giving a voice to people who might not, not have it all the time. Uh, so thank you for pointing yeah, that out. It, it's I, a great I forget place. about that nonprofit category. And they're, and, and they're awesome. And the people that are there at the, that are mounting the booths are great. They're, they're approachable. They're easy to talk to. They're, they're passionate really, about their cause. Yeah. yeah. Like they're, they're, so they're just donating their time. They're yeah. not making any money. So like the, the produce vendors, the, the art vendors, the, the bakeries, Yes, they're there, and it's a it's a labor of love, but they're making money. Yeah, they're, it's a, yeah. Those those guys, they're just they're just sitting there, just there to talk to you about whatever it is you want to talk to them about. And yeah, we have one. Great. We have the Utah Diaper Bank Coalition comes, and they their sole mission is to collect goods for babies for moms who need it. And uh, have you ever heard of the Utah Diaper Bank Coalition? No, I had not. That's what I'm saying. Awesome. It's a really great organization, and they're all that's all they do is bring people together, buy diapers for moms that need them, and you I know, should make take sure my there's... breast pump to them. Um, there are all kinds of health guidelines around that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the pump itself is actually can be reused. It's just you have just have to replace all the tubing. You probably it. should take like a, the machine take that to them. Yeah, yeah, because it's just the like the the machine. All they the may not take stuff. it. It's from 1962. <laughs> it is not from 1962. <laughs> it's pretty old. It's from the... It's really old. You know what? Breast pump technology has not changed. I hate to break it to you, but it they really still hasn't. milk women exactly the same. <laughs> Something else is cool. Is it like cows? The way they <laughs> pretty much is. Sort of. Yes. You know, yeah. if you had been around during the, the breastfeeding days, you would have gotten a kick out of it because it's pretty funny to watch it like shoot out into the, the pump thing because it literally shoots out. <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah. I don't know how to go from that into the awesome kids that play music around the park. Well, it's breast milk. That is the kids. most awkward transition it ever. It was, but it had to be done. Uh, how do they get incorporated? How do those kids, because it's usually kids, or there's like a couple, like an older couple that plays Irish music. Or, so we have what we have traditionally called a busker program, which is, this, you know, the busker idea of like Bob Dylan in 62 on the street in Greenwich Village. Um, it's changed. It's evolved a lot. And because, again, of the construction, we're not doing a big music music program. So we're tightening up our busker program a little bit. It's called Market Musicians. You apply, you pick a time slot, you come down, um, and you play. 
and they don't pay. They have to pay an application fee because we um, have pretty strict security measures in place. So we know everybody who's on site at the park. Um, but then you pay a deposit, and then when you show up and play, you get your money back. And that's basically just so that you don't have thousands of people signing up and then not showing up right. and then having empty spots. So, um, so yeah, that's a really fun aspect. I love those little kids. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. Some of them are really great. Yeah. Yeah, they they work really hard. They're saving for tours and, yep. you know, working for school and stuff. So we try to encourage that as much as possible. Um, and our market program, our musician program, has been a big thing. This year, again, just because we don't have anywhere to put a stage, we have to put it on hold for the year. But Oh, yeah, that's where the stage is. Yeah. But there will still be plenty of great music at the market, and I think it's really designed to enhance your experience. It's not, you know, necessarily you're not going down to look for buskers, but it's a, you know, it's a, something that gives the market a specific feel and a, um, an accessibility and feels good. What's your personal favorite part of the market since you've been involved with it for so long? um i mean we so our last winter market was on april 21st our first summer market is not until june 9th and i have to go to the grocery store (laughs) so my favorite favorite part of the market is shopping yeah yeah i mean so you i'm like buying kombucha at the grocery store like a jerk (laughs) i miss yogurt i miss i just miss all the products that i buy every week i miss you know so, I mean, I love shopping. I love the relationships I have with our vendors. I love um, helping them succeed, seeing them succeed, doing whatever we can do to help them succeed. I have it on good faith. They love you right back. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. I hope that's true. It is very <laughs> true. From from their mouths to my ears, now to you. Oh, I, I thank you. I really appreciate that. I mean, definitely, it's not always a love fest because I'm yelling at them. You know, we're yelling at them for tent weights or being late or... Um, not being set up on time or whatever it is, but um, I'm but going I, undercover this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm very much, you know, we we sort of have a tough love thing. Like we respect our vendors so much, and we want the same thing back because that's what really makes a good community. And we are a community. Like we love each other. Something goes wrong, you know, we're all there for each other, and and I I love that too. Well, you see that. But I mean, I spend I spend a lot of time there, like hours, and you see that from vendors. Like, hey, you're gonna watch, can you watch my booth? I really have to go mm-hmm. run to the bathroom or you know whatever. And that that community alone. That did you see me selling miracle really, salsa last year? Is that what you're referring you to? You did that. You did. No, <laughs> that's do awesome. It all the time. <laughs> you got to eat that stuff with those chips. Yeah, mm. I do. I get sucked into that all the time. Yeah. My favorite Come part watch my booth. Cherries. I just cherries? love cherries, and I love that I can get, like, a ton of cherries and just... For, like, nothing compared to the grocery <sighs> Well, and store. that's the thing. Like, you're going to so eat cherries crazy. until... You are so sick of cherries. I don't ever get sick of cherries. <laughs> I'm so disappointed when there's no cherries left. The cherry I crop is cherries. safe this year. The apricot crop is meh. Oh, I that's think. sad. Yeah. I love stone fruit. Yeah, peaches are going to be great. Um, Smith Orchards is one of my favorite um, orchard vendors. They're down in... Uh, on the bench up, up uh, on top of Orem, uh, one of the most beautiful pieces of land you've ever seen and some of the most um, carefully cared for orchards you've ever seen in your whole life. And he's doing such great things. So stop by Smith. He does pluots and <gasps> nectarines. And I mean, he does all, he does a lot of different stuff that other people aren't pluots doing. And he does a lot of hybrids. Ama- is, yeah. is an amazing fruit. What, a, really great, what a great genetically engineered piece of Shut fruit. Shut up. It's delicious. It's not genetically engineered at all. It's actually just a hybrid. And it's freaking delicious. Yeah. It's so yummy. It's so sweet. I just love I'm not that a, you guys get to the farms and get to see them. That yeah. is so cool. Yeah. I mean, that's May is really fun because you're just on a four-wheeler tooling around somebody's farm, seeing where stuff is coming from, and that's, re- that's really, really cool. Um, I am not aware 
of any... Oh, no, that's not true. There might be some sweet corn. The oh, 99% of the produce sold at our market is certified non-GMO or, you know, verbally certified non-GMO. That's not what our customer wants, and our growers know that. But they, there are a lot of hybrids, um, and that's not that difficult a thing to do. They cross them all the time, especially in Utah because there are some things that do really well and some things that don't. So if you can cross them up, you can get some really interesting new products. When you guys are placing people, do you have to keep in mind, like, who's more busy than others so that doesn't cause a traffic jam? Produce Row is virtually unchanged year over year. Cool. Uh, and if you try to move them, they'll cut you. They will. <laughs> <laughs> That's because everyone knows where the, the vendor they want to go to is at. Yeah. I mean, it would, ma- it would make it really difficult for a customer um, to shop if everything were changing all the time. So um, Produce Row, you know, with three or four exceptions does not really change that's really that's actually very comforting i feel for the, mm-hmm. for a shopper yeah they want to they they want to know where they're going the customer wants to know where they're going the vendor wants to know where they're going they've established a clientele some of them over 27 years um the, and the rest of it really we try not to move people because you know milk honey yogurt is on the east side right. and you know chocolate conspiracies on the west side mm. um so we try not to <laughs> <laughs> we try not to move people um unless there's a really good reason to do so We've interviewed a lot of your vendors, I like Chocolate that. Conspiracy that. and Cat and Oleo. And where do you think our producer spends all of her time? I know. <laughs> <laughs> she goes. And, she goes and finds awesome people for us to uh, interview at the farmers market. Well, I'm always happy to be helpful if there's a new story to tell. You know, uh, I love the stories. The Bubble Guy, he's got an amazing story That's too. That mm-hmm. that pumpkin guy. Oh, yeah. We got our pumpkin. Oh, the carved, the wood pumpkins. Lance, the wood pumpkins on the the west side. Yeah, Jess was collecting them, and then one day we were looking. I have like 13. We went around the corner, (laughs) and I was like, oh, it's the pumpkin guy. (laughs) So I like bought like three or four of my own, and they're awesome. I love them. Yeah. I I mean, I need to put a moratorium on that this year. (sighs) There's always uh, some fun treasure to find. Okay, so we have one more question for you, and then we'll let you get back. Because you got to check the jazz check score. The jazz score. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably over. Yeah, uh-huh. but see, we got you so interested, you hardly even looked. <laughs> <laughs> she threatened that she'd be like watching for the jazz score this I whole know. time. But this we is not talking. Hamilton. Have they lost yet? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> have they lost yet? Have they? I'm not. I'm neither confirming nor denying. So <laughs> I'm not getting a signal her, down here. Her, so I don't her, know. Her phone's spinning. Yeah, no one gets a signal down here. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, so anyway, the, the question, so you're Utah, born and bred, um, yeah. Magna, born and bred, so we'll forgive you. Um, <laughs> I didn't ask for your as, forgiveness. As my sister city, I am perfectly happy with a Magna person You know, in most my people house. have sister You cities. Wyoming troglodyte. I grew up in, I graduated from Cypress High School, went to the University of Utah for a semester, dropped out, <laughs> moved to New York, yeah. came back to Salt Lake City. Graduated from the U, went back to New York, got my ass kicked again, loved it, came back to New York, I mean, came back to Salt Lake City, and and here I shall stand, other than a short stint in Asheville, North Carolina. So... You saw it. You can edit person. that all out. No, no, no. no that's good. It's, it's, it's actually kind of important because we don't edit. The, the question we always ask everyone that's on the show is what's one thing that you would tell someone visiting the state that they had to do before they left? Well, if it's, I mean, I'm, I would say the downtown farmer's market. If it's summer, and if it's not summer, the winter market. The winter market is great because you're not only intersecting local food and really cool businesses, but a beautiful historic building. The bathrooms are my favorite. Yeah, oh, they're redoing the bathrooms this year. I'm really scared about that. Oh, no. Um, oh, snap! 
They're winning. The Jazz is winning. <laughs> <laughs> the signal came in loud and clear. Oh, I wanted, I wanted the reaction on the, on the recording. <laughs> I just want to see James Harden flop a couple more times. Um, so I would, I, I think that, um, I think that what, what you find about a city in terms of its character is always learned through food. Um, whether it's Cajun and Creole food in New Orleans or, you know, crab in Maryland or, you know, whatever it is, you, you find the culture of the heart, the soul of a city through its food. And I think that people like to make fun of Utah. Um, they like to talk about fry sauce and French fries and, you know, and those sorts of things. That's not who we are. That's not what we're about. And, and our job is to make sure that people understand that we have one of the most innovative and amazing food scenes in the country right now. Um, so come here, eat here. If the market's not open, uh, go to any number of the really great restaurants downtown and, and call me and I'll tell you where to go. Mm-hmm. At Temple Square, See, you I'm know, bug you all the time now. You should, you should always bug me because, yes. because we do, I mean, we do tend to know what's happening, especially down in the downtown area. Um, Got a pretty bird. Get some of the best chicken. Oh my you'll god! Ever pretty have. Bird. Yeah. Have you had pretty bird? Yet? I have not been to. I've no. I love Vian. I you love need Vian. to have that because now whenever I hear it, my mouth literally waters. I think. Yeah. I mean, Via Farm, who was the owner of Forage, a co-owner of Forage with um, uh, Bowman Brown, that was that was a ground breaking breaking restaurant, and that was like oh, not even ten years ago. But they really changed the face of what was going on here. A lot of people did. Um, Scott Evans with the Pago Group. Mm-hmm. Um, so much really creative, amazing, beautiful people who are cooking food in this place um, and cooking food of our place, which there's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, we are who we are. We have weird roots. We have <laughs> a weird history. Embrace it. If you don't like it, go to Colorado. They have medicinal marijuana. You're going to be fine. You know? Like, it's fine. Go to Colorado. They have no face, no soul, but they have weed. It's great. Go there. I don't care. Uh, but, but come here and experience this place. If there was anything anyone... like. If there was one experience I would say for people to come just to Utah, it's Hell's Backbone Grill. Um, it's Boulder. It's experiencing the intersection of... Um, you know, polygamy and ranching mm-hmm. and trying to farm at 8,000 feet and then a farm to table restaurant mm-hmm. with a couple of liberal weirdo freaks who I love. Um, that's the kind of story that we can tell here that no one else can tell anywhere. And that's the story that, you know, that we work to push every day. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. If people want to find out more about the downtown farmers markets uh, or just talk to you, how do they get a hold of you guys? Don't call me. I don't, I don't <laughs> answer the phone. <laughs> SLCFarmersMarket.org. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter. And um, visit our website. We open June 9th. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be another great season. It, you know, it's going to be maybe a little bit difficult because of the construction, but. You know, it is what it is. It's a better outcome of the park, and um, and we're not worried about it. So. We share your tweets yeah, all the time. Yeah, we share stuff all the time. Oh, good. So. I think I and knew that. We do, li- <laughs> we, do li- we do live stuff. Well, Jessica does live stuff all the time at the market and shows kind of, kind of the things that are going on there and interviews some of the people. They wave hi and tells everybody to go down. So Yeah, so always let me know if there's, you know, if you want to know what's new on the street, what's the, you know, who the conversation is, is what the conversation is that needs to happen on that day, let me know. And. Yeah, I can always tell you, you. Yeah, I can always tell you what's coming in season that week. We try to be really proactive because people are like ticking the clock. When are the cherries here? Where are my cherries? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's always good to reach out if you want to share that with your audience of what's coming in season that that um, week. And um, yeah, just reach out. We're here. Cool. Thanks for Thank joining you. us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's going to do it for the night. Uh, thanks again to our guest, uh, Allison Downtown. 
<laughs> she makes me so excited for the farmer's market. Uh, yeah, she made me excited for makes that, too. She's poor. passionate about the farmer's market. That's awesome. Um, hopefully, uh, you guys can make it down there. It starts June 2nd? 9th. 9th? I don't remember. This is so long ago. June 9th. Okay, I feel bad. And Allison, if you listen to this. In one month. It will be opening. I know you were trying to watch the jazz game. Maybe you didn't even notice, but like I started getting fidgety, and so I started playing with my little one of my little fidget toys. And I feel like it probably looked like I didn't give a shit about what she was saying at that point, but I really did. I just had to do something with my hands. Uh, so I apologize, Allison. I really was paying attention. Um, and yeah, except for he just still doesn't know when the farmers market starts. Well, that wasn't during that part. She fucking said that at the beginning of the interview. That was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, again, share if you've managed to go like two hours and not share this episode of the podcast. Uh, congratulations for making it to the end. But fucking share the podcast. Clearly, it was entertaining enough for you to listen to it. Um, that's all we ask. We don't. Or have... maybe you're like uh, you're like a, a paralyzed person, <laughs> and you're laying in bed right now. Someone turned it on and looked. Well, Stephen, like, oh Stephen Hawking. God, Stephen me. Hawking could have shared the podcast. He would have totally. He would have totally shared it by now. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson would totally share this podcast, maybe. Um, That's such a should be the title. Of this maybe episode. Kathy Bates has hobbled you and you're unable to get to the. Stephen Hawking would share this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I want to call this. Episode. Hashtag Stephen Hawking. I might would call share it. This. I might call it Magna Proud or Magna Strong. Magna Pride. Mm. The Bear Den. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think man. Stephen Hawking would share this. No, you just can't make up an episode name like that. It has to come naturally. Can't we didn't. F- it did come naturally. No, it didn't. Jeremy just said it out loud. <laughs> um, anyway, that's enough from us. You can find us on Twitter at TNU Podcast. Uh, or on our website, thenewutah.com. It's really difficult. Um, we do a blog. Um, when I say we, I mean Jess does a blog. Talks about uh, all the different things that we talk about with our, our compatriots that we interview. A recap, um, as it were. But not too much. I don't want to give away too much. No, no. Uh, and we also do some special features on some folks. Uh, we we post- have our ambassador page where the people that we support and that support us have a little, have a little bio pages. Uh, we we post a lot of shit on Facebook. We retweet a lot of shit. So if you have an event coming up or you want to be on the show or you just like what you hear, let us know. Um, reach out. Um, and I, th- I think that that might do it. Yeah. That sounds good. Don't be a jerk. Bye.